welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my South Stand chum, my good friend, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Lee. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 169. A uh, bit of an unusual uh, setup this week, uh, as we are joined by two very special guests. Uh, delighted to welcome both uh, Nigel Travis, chairman of Leighton Orient Football Club, and also Mr. Kent Teague, uh, principal investor of Leighton Orient Football Club, back to the podcast together. So, can, can I ask you a question? Why are you the bearded legend when he's got a beard? <laughs> Because he's only just started growing his is, beard, whereas is, I'm a perma-beard. I've this, always got oh, okay. one, so this he's is, usually clean-shaven and baby-faced. The temp-bearded legend. Oh, I see. The temp-bearded okay. legend. And uh, so the last congratulations was on 150, so now we're up to 169. I know. Huh? Yeah. Just, we're just flying through the, the hundreds. The weeks just keep going by, don't they? They are. They yeah. really are. Yeah. Um, I don't know when we'll hit 200. I haven't sat down and worked that out, but that's 31 episodes. So Still that's going to be in well, next, next season when we're in League 2. You take off or something, uh, they ain't work off of you. Nine months, I'll have you know. <laughs> Season is nine months, I don't. We're, Dare we're, you. we're very Dare much you. open as a promotion podcast or a couple to we, do. We, we that, have, that we, is we, the. Uh, we yeah. have, I, I might even. Uh, if we have a promotion podcast, I think Kent and I may do something special, but we don't know what. Okay. Oh. Okay. All right. You heard it we here first. Uh, first exclusive. First exclusive. Hang on. You heard that from <laughs> Nigel. You only heard that from Nigel. Yeah, but by default, you're involved. No, no, no. no, no, no. Not necessarily by default. <laughs> <laughs> so... Great to have you here. Thank you for yes. joining us. Um, yes. We're going to get on with what happened over the last week, yesterday's match, but um, we've got Kent and Nigel here with us, so we're going to throw a few questions at them that we've come in from uh, friends of ours that have messaged us, from the forums, uh, from Facebook, everywhere. And I guess really just started as we sit here, top of the league for her, nearly sort of three months now. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on the season so far, Nigel? Well, um, as a fan. Yeah, I mean, this is 60th. Year supported the club. Kent actually posed this question on the way here, and by the way, he gets bravery of all because I drive him here, so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to follow Google Maps at the same time. But anyway, it's all trust. He, yeah, it's all yeah. trust. Tell me, he increased his insurance policies yeah, and everything. Yeah, so so I, he, he needs to. He did not so true. He did. He did. So he, fake news. He said to me, "When were we last at the top of any league?" For this length of time, and I said, hmm, difficult question. We were certainly top of the league the year we nearly went up to yeah, five years the championship. Was, that was a couple of months, if yeah. I remember right. But now. this is probably about the same length of time, so I'm not a record keeper. I need Neil Kaufman, he's in mm-hmm. South Africa, yeah. to figure that out. But I think you have to say, I mean, it doesn't happen. Um, so the, the year's been special. Um, it's clearly an unusual circumstance for us all as a result of that. And I think I'd feel the pressure of the fans. I mean, and it's understandable. I mean, I've never led a race, but I've seen horse races where if you're betting on a horse and it goes like 10 lengths ahead with two laps around the track to go, you say, well, that's ridiculous. How's it going to hold on? So I think there's a natural pressure that comes with it. And I think I feel that in the fans. And it's understandable. I feel it because I'm a fan first, you know. Yeah. I have to put up with all the other financial stuff. But anyway, I'm a fan first. I love the club. But my plea tonight is recognise that we're all tense. And what can you do to help the team? 
And what you can do is what I said in the south stand yesterday when I walked in there, I don't walk around there as much as he does, and I asked everyone to really make a lot of noise. Particularly when we're struggling, particularly when the game starts, I think that's what the fans can do. Mm. And I think they'll feel better because that's their contribution to getting us where we all want to be, get out this frigging league. <laughs> um, so the tension is completely understandable. Does that sound reasonable to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you're at the top, you're at the leading pack, yeah. everyone wants to be where you are, and it's a question, as you say, is if you can hold on, we can hold on now till the 27th of April, which is exactly three months, Yeah. Um, when we play Bra- Braintree and see where we stand then. Because at the end of the day, it's all well and good being top of the league now, but the league hasn't finished now. No, and, and, and you know, the way I try and think about it, and it's going to, I've been accused of management speak, so this is football speak is to take every game at a time. I mean, after yesterday's great win, 3 nothing, improved our goal difference, I thought, well, we haven't got a league game for two weeks. Relax. <laughs> and I think that's how you have to think about it. Just do it one game at a time. I've got... We all have. The whole board got phenomenal faith in Martin and Justin. And we, I'm sure we're going to talk about it because we don't run the playing side. They do. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm giving them 12 out of 10. Right, OK. <laughs> Kent, your thoughts on the season so far? Uh, we're way above where I thought we would be. Where was that? So just, yeah, to get into that. So what, talk about expectations, that was a question from, uh, from someone. So when you say... I didn't think we would finish first. We so haven't. let's just leave it at that. OK. So... What, come the end of the season? You did Yeah, come, in, come the end right. of the season. I didn't think we're in the second year of a turnaround. We are very far ahead of where I expected us to be um, from a turnaround perspective, both on the commercial side and on the football side. Uh, I think we are, well, we're beyond my expectation. We all, as board members, play this game at the beginning of the year where we send in spreadsheets and we show who we think is going to be at the top and where we're going to finish and are we going to get promoted and where are we going to be. and. I am probably the most pessimistic of all of us, I think, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that has to do with um, just me, under, you know, believing that we're building a side that will deserve to get promoted. Now, a lot of people want us to deserve to get promoted this year, and I want us to deserve to get promoted this year. And I think we have a very, very good chance. I really think there are only five teams left that can get promoted that we'll win the league. There's only five left. Um, just by, just the way the math works out and the points work out and all that. But I am very pleased with how we've done. Uh, I'm not pleased with how we've done the last six, eight, ten games. Um, but there are injury issues that we need to try to figure out. It's the second year in a row that we've suffered through kind of the same level of injuries. This year we have handled them way better than we did last year. And, you know, I'm thrilled to be at the top of the league and I'm thrilled that we're beyond my expectations because I always prefer for things to be beyond my expectations versus below them. Mm. Yeah, there's one interesting thing. When we did this, this, it's going to be top. I I do claim, I have one claim to fame. Mm -hmm. I was the only one because I've seen all the results and we all have. Who had Solihull up there? Really? Yeah. 
That's interesting. Good I shout. wouldn't have had Solihull up there at all. Because they had a lot of momentum at the end of the year. I know that Mark left and went and then unfortunately lost his job, but he did a hell of a job there last year and I think that momentum took them into this year. And even though filed are kind of dangerous in my view, I think Solihull lost their bubble a bit yesterday. So even though that wasn't my preferred result, my preferred result was a draw. Yeah. It was the second best result. Yeah. Are you are you willing to say what Justin said at dinner with us about them on uh, Friday night? Well, you clearly remember it better than me because I think I had a drink. But anyway. <laughs> so about Solihull. Of the four, <clears throat> there is a team called Leighton Orient that appears to be under tremendous amounts of pressure from its fan base to get promoted. Let's call it that. Wouldn't, wouldn't disagree. Absolutely. There is tremendous amounts of pressure on a team called Wrexham to get promoted. Yeah. They have built a tremendous amount of pressure on themselves at Salford to get promoted. And Sully Hole is just playing for fun. Yeah. Tim Flowers has done a hell of a job. Yeah, and so, and has, so, and so, so is it better to be relaxed? Is it better to be a Sully Hole or is it better to yeah. be a Wrexham or Leighton Orient or Salford? Is it better? The answer is neither. It depends on how the players respond and management responds to pressure and where do you draw that line yeah. I have a lot of faith in Justin Edinburgh that he will figure out the right line of relaxation and tenseness so to speak there is a line mm. I think he can draw that line really well and I think Martin Ling helps him draw that line so I have a lot of faith in him but I do think it's interesting that Justin can see where the line is for tenseness and where the line is for relaxation, so to speak. I'm drawing very broad lines, but that's that's essentially what he said is, you know, there's four of us up here and one of us has nothing to lose and everything to gain. Mm -hmm. And there are three of us up here that have everything to lose if we don't. You could even then filed into that as well because they're yeah. not a massive... You know, there's not a lot of pressure being put on. But they've spent a lot of money over the last few years. I don't, I don't, I don't know the table well enough to know all of that and the history, all of that. So, the only three I can think of, plus them, mm. they are the ones that I am most fearful of for only one reason, because of what Justin said. Mm. Now they scare me, and him picking them. Not, to, I don't think he picked them to win the league. I didn't. No, no I think no, I no. put them like fifth or something. Yeah, yeah, but but they, they, but they're but they're they again. What has happened so far this year is twenty four teams started out with an ability to win the league. Now mathematically, we're down to maybe six or seven. So little old Leighton Orient has eliminated. So nobody wants to talk about this. We've eliminated about 17 teams so far. Mm. Now we've got a few more to eliminate. That's what we got to do. Mm. So speaking of being relaxed <laughs> and tense, I think you can easily split the fan base at the moment. There's the relaxed oh. ones who go, we've been on a bit of a patchy run and there's lots of injuries. Mm -hmm. And then there's the tense ones who are going, we've got injuries. Nobody's coming in. We want signings. We need signings. So we're going to have to talk about signings, obviously. So if sure. Justin comes to you 
and says, I have the right player and I believe this player is the player who gets us over the line or these players will get us over the line. Here's what I need from Nigel. Here's what I need from Kent. What happens? Okay, so so let's go back a bit because we talked about this. We knew this question was coming, right? So Absolutely. Sorry to be so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, but you didn't ask the question either. No, uh, no. What what makes it so obvious is he reads the forums and I we read Twitter <laughs> and you think we don't read your Twitter. Okay, go uh, ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so I said to Martin, I said to Martin about November. Martin, I'm going to be very boring. So he said, "But what do you mean by that?" Said, Every time I talk to you, I'm going to ask, "What do we have to do to get promotion?" So. It ended up, then I'll come back to your question, it ended up on Friday, him saying, for God's sake, how many times do you have to keep asking me this? <laughs> and he interpreted it exactly how most of the fans interpreted it. What players do we need? And I said, no, no, there's lots to go into this. There's lots of things we could do to help promotion. And they may help by 0.2%, but they will help. And then he thought, and within a minute, he came out with two things, didn't he? Correct. He, he said, okay, so let's talk about Barrow. We've got to go to Barrow Tuesday night. We think we should go up on the Monday, train on the Monday, go up on the Monday, stay overnight. What do you think? Done. That's exactly what we should be doing. Yeah. Then he talked about this thing, I can never remember the machine. The crowd tube, the thing that freezes on deep freeze. Oh, yeah, the cryogenic. It's at, yeah. zero, it's at zero Kelvin yeah. or something. And, and there's some bizarre story about how the... The, the mobile version of it that we used was off the street and I said, okay, go out and spend some money and find a way to do it. Go and borrow it from, no, you said go and borrow it from someone, didn't you? Yeah, or, or go, that, the, all the Premier League clubs have yeah. crowd tubes. Just just go on, on premises. Get yeah. the coach, take the players there, whatever you have to yeah, do. whatever. But, okay, because I think, I think if we had to push back on the fans, it's not just about the players that come in. Now, I warn everyone on the forum. This is where management speak comes in, right? Don't worry about the forums. You haven't got to worry about the forums, but not. Okay, okay, but, but a lot of people accuse me of this. And, about the fans. And they find I've written a book, right? And <laughs> and it was great that Martin pushed back on me. That's exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that's how we have discussions. That's how you get the right answers. So, so, so I think what's important is Justin and Martin work brilliantly together. And they make decisions about players. So I'll give you an example. I, he and I have been saying to them for the last few weeks, our viewers you should think about bringing in a defender. We do not need a defender. Okay? Justin said, yeah, we don't need a defender. So we then had the injuries, and we said again, I think you should consider, do we need a defender? So... They said, yeah, you're probably right this time. <laughs> so, so they go out and get it. So I think there is a view that the work is all, they come up and say, can you pay it? And we say yes or no. That's not the way it works. It's a discussion. And, and I'll let Ken give this speech. I think our process, I think our process that we have has worked brilliantly. Do you want to? No, you go okay. ahead. Just so, say what the process is. Yeah. So the process I mean, is processor. that we have, we have three people that we really believe in. Martin, Justin, and his team, who Justin is one of the most engaging and involving people I've seen in my life. I mean, you've had 
Danny here, you've had Ross here a lot. Do you ever hear them <coughs> saying they're not involved? No, they always, oh, they're always saying there's always a discussion or if I need to put, have my input, I'll do it after <coughs> Justin does it or whatever. But if there's not the necessity for three voices, they won't all. Okay. So yeah, he involves them massively. So, so Martin goes and talks to Justin like five times a week. They talk about, and they come back, it's peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk about peanuts, we've just got one side. <laughs> so, that's the way it works. And uh, my voice probably sounds very weird now. <laughs> we were down the road in the pub having peanuts. So. Anyway, so, it's worked. I think we've improved the squad. If you go right back to when we came in, Middle of July, we had to throw it together. Mm-hmm. Were all those decisions that we made, or Martin made, perfect? No. Is the squad better now than it's ever been? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think we brought in Jamie Turley and Jordan Maguire-Drew, and I think they're going to be excellent signings. I agree. <coughs> so, look, if I may... I'll... So the process works maybe a little bit differently than people think. So what happens is is that Justin has certain positions that he wants looked at. And he talks about, I want this position or that position. He'll feel very comfortable with certain positions or certain groups on the pitch. And he may feel a little bit less certain about certain groups on the pitch. And he will then go to Martin Ling. And he says, let's talk about this. Then they talk about it. Then Martin goes to Fozzie, and the DJ goes out, and he makes a list. And they make a list of players, and they develop this list, and they circulate the list, and it's all these conversations. And they go back and forth, and they go through the loop and through the loop. And then we enter a transfer window, and what happens is, is that certain players become unavailable, and so they fall off of our list. And once a player comes available who is the right answer, and they've had the discussion and they agree, we go out and we sign the player. It is not up to Nigel and I to approve or disapprove of a player directly. How we do it is we say, you have a budget, live within this budget. And then they rearrange things in a certain way where they are always in budget. And then the other part is is that they have multiple layers of budget. So they'll have an injury budget in case they need more players because of injury. So they'll go out and get somebody either on loan or permanently that way. We have a designated budget for January transfer window. And the conversation about the budgets is is an ongoing conversation between Justin, Martin, and the board. What should the budget be? How much is the budget? How much is this part of the budget? How much is this part of the budget? How much is the player budget? How much is the staff budget? How much is all the budget? Hmm. We've even been having conversations about, you know, um, uh, uh, practice, you know, facility budgets and things. We talk about all the different, all the different things. So they have ability to maneuver 
within guidelines in order for them to make come to a decision that makes the most sense to them. Fine. And that's the process. And, and that's just, the process. And just to add to that, I mean, you know, we've been very clear we didn't want to sell anyone during this window and the window's not finished, but you know, as far as I know, and I should know, we've had no one come to us asking to buy any of the world known list of players. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you know, we don't expect anyone to come in because we've made it pretty clear we don't want to release them. And to be fair, most of the players have said that themselves. Having said that, you know, if someone came in with an unbelievable offer, we would then go through the same process. We'd sit down with Martin and Justin, and, and they would probably say, listen, let's make up a ridiculous number, 10 million for someone. What do we think we can do with that? Then they will ask, okay, so of the 10 million, what can we reinvest? We think we need this, which yeah. I'm sure won't be anywhere near 10 million. So we'd have a discussion. So it's, it's I, think, I think this goes back to my book, which by the way, because I'm not paying for the ad anymore, people should buy it. Um, <laughs> well done, well done, well done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people, people believe the world is hierarchical, right? You two have known me and him long enough. I'm just someone who works at the club. I hate being called Mr. Chairman. You know, I'm Nigel to everyone. He's Ken. I'm just Ken. Yeah, just Ken. <laughs> right? Okay. But, so, we all engage because we want to win. We want to win together. So we make decisions together. Now, that's not the way most clubs are run. There are clubs in this league, and there's one in particular, which I'll, I won't name the club, but some people will guess. Um, no, 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 not that one. Where the chairman actually has his own room, he makes all the decisions, and he's God. We are not God. We are Kent and Nigel, and we are here to help them get the best for Lake Norwich Football Club, but the experts are Justin and Martin. And if I may, because of the press, some of our management has been fearful that some of those players may have ended up on a transfer list because someone might be willing to come in and offer so much money. Fozzie's already got a list to replace those players. So there's a list to replace those players, and we doubt that we'll have to exercise anybody that's on that list. And so, and so, so it's we are... We are pre-planning and we are preemptive. We have a process that causes us to be pre-planning and preemptive. We think in the future. We don't just think in the current. We don't just react yeah. and we don't just respond. We try to proactively view the future. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're constantly doing. We are constantly dragging um, everyone into a conversation that says, what does this club look like in three months, six months, nine months, 12 months? How do we make the club? How, why is it not perfect yet? How do we get it to be perfect? We want it to be perfect. Why is it not perfect yet? How do we get it to be perfect? Would it ever That's be the perfect? question. No, no, it no. won't. But because you're always working progress, you, right? It's always work in progress. Yeah. So you ask the question: Why is the club not perfect? Just like I ask myself: Why is Kent not perfect? Or why is my marriage not perfect? I'm always asking those questions, 
And then the answers that come up are the things that help me improve my life or improve this club or improve my relationship with, you know, with people or, or whatever. That's if you ask yourself the question, why is it not perfect yet? Your mind will generate an answer that says, well, the reason it's not perfect yet is because you, me, the personal responsibility, I haven't done this or I haven't thought of this or I haven't said this or whatever it is. So and that's how we approach it. But another part that you should understand is sometimes you have to move quickly. So Agreed. So, Agreed. so two weeks ago, when Justin and Martin decided we needed a new defender, they pulled out Fozzie's list. And, and by the way, we don't always see the list. I mean, we don't have to, right? Yeah. Because we're not like some prior regimes where we have to pick the team. Mm, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he was That's doing fine. a digging thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, in the ribs. <laughs> so, so, Martin Fosby said, Nigel, we need to talk about this urgently. We've got this guy called Jamie Turley. Um, he's been at Notts County. Um, and we think he's good. Right age, 28. Mm. Yep. We need an experienced defender. Um, <coughs> we like him, blah, blah, blah. But another club is really trying hard to get So I phone him. We have a discussion. About 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Maybe. Yeah, we talked about you know everything I'd heard from Martin. And we go back to Martin. He was in the building that day. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Oh, apart from the medical. Yeah, yeah. Because we, because we have we pre, be. because because we have pre-planned, we can respond appropriately instead yeah. of just react. So I'm quite conscious of the time and the fact that we've got dozens of questions. But as we're on the transfers, uh, <laughs> that sort of area, mm. Josh Caroma, a uh, lot of paper talk about Huddersfield and. Whatever. This one and that one and the Whatever. other one. Whatever. How does that affect the conversations you guys all have? Do you pay attention to it? Obviously, yes. yeah. We do. We do pay attention to do it. Do you know how much... Oh, what's the right way of asking this question? Like these sometimes are just put in there by agents. They're put sometimes. in spuriously by sometimes. random reporters and sometimes. whatnot. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean... We... We, we haven't heard of I mean, Macaulay <laughs> Bond's agent had his name on the me. front page of the National League okay. paper and all everything. Right, all, I right, mean. all right, We prepare for the worst, but we only respond if we have to for the worst. So we prepare for the worst. Mm. We're always preparing for the worst. So the worst possible scenario is, is that someone comes and buys all 11 players. That's the worst scenario. So we are prepared, as needed, to respond to a disaster scenario like that. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to respond to the disaster scenario until it occurs. We're just not going to. So that's how we think about but it. But I think this is where sometimes I don't think any people people work people go on about signings all the time. Now, Steve, uh, yeah, Steve, you've got how many people who report to you at your job? Eight. Eight. Okay. Nice number, right? So, I think we, you could probably go out and get eight better people, right? Well, I hope, well they don't listen to the podcast, so absolutely. Hello, We can always do it, because if you believe in what Ken said, you can always improve, yeah, yeah, right? Course, yeah. But I think what Justin's really good at, really good at, is he knows how to blend people. And it's the mix of skills, yeah. and it may not be getting the eight 
best people in operations. Yeah. It's the eight people who are going to together work to get the best result. And football is probably even, I mean, awesome. you and I are in the same business, yeah. which is really retail. It's more important in football than retail because, you know, they're still actually yeah, acting yeah. individually, but yeah. our That's team has to come together. Yeah. And, you know, in the summer, a lot of people say, well, why do you only sign two players? Well, that was Justin's decision. Yeah. And, and he, he, in our view, has done an awesome job. And we keep telling him, gave him a new contract. Doesn't mean we don't challenge him from time to time, and he's very good at answering questions. But if it, it, you know, there are other clubs out there, and you mentioned it, who go out and keep signing players. What do some of those players feel when you know they're suddenly put on the bench, and someone expensive comes in? Yeah. We don't think that's the way to do it, and and clearly we have a head coach who who believes it's not the way to do it. So when we had a fully fit side. We had a team and a side that was plenty good enough to win the league. Mm -hmm. We believe we still have those same players. We believe we have a side that can win the league. Whether we will win the league or not, I don't know how that's going to work. But we've already got 22 players and 23 players in the building those 23 players have proved that they can win the league because we are at the top of the league the last time I checked, and we're three points clear mm. last time I checked. And so, some of those players are coming back faster than we thought. Yeah. So it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, um, our fans are a rubber band that is getting stretched further and faster than anyone would have, would have thought yeah. at times. Not all our fans, but some of them. And normally the ones that are the most noisy. I was just going to say, there's a small vocal the section yeah, that make it sound like right. it's all the rest. But okay. That's, that's okay. That's what they do. Okay. But, but by the way, and there's nothing wrong with it. We're not being critical. Oh, no, 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 no. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. No, of course, no, of course. Absolutely. And, the, and the thing is, is that a lot of the questions that you're going to ask us, we're going to go to these same foundational principles of process, strategy, forward thinking, foresight, responsiveness, not reaction. A lot of that. So we can keep talking about it if you want to. Quite a way. We've got about 25 minutes left. Yeah. Nigel and Kent. So yeah. let's try and... There was a few more common mm-hmm. themes that came through. Okay. The first being the East Stand. Any updates with the East Stand? Yeah. Is that I mean, fixed and sorted now? Yeah, that's all fixed and sorted. And a question that I gave Danny this morning, mm-hmm. which I'd love to look up, but I remember most of the answer. You know, a question that people may ask is, you know, how can we get more capacity out of there? Because typically teams in our league don't... Um, don't respond um, don't travel well don't travel well though. credit to Maidstone yesterday yeah. they had a noisy good, good turnout and yeah, yeah they were noisy they were noisy last year as well uh, and they're very nice people the folk from Maidstone we had some good chats with them afterwards yeah. um, I think Danny's working on some way of seeing if we can reconfigure the away Dan don't ask me because he he keeps saying he's got to draw it, <laughs> but we understand that there may be games at the end of the year, hopefully, that we want to get even more people in. Yeah. So Danny's, again, challenging himself, thinking outside of the normal parameters. How can we get more people in, obey all the rules, and, and let as many Lake Orient fans turn up as possible? They probably won't like me for saying this, but he's probably giving up the North Stand. 
to away fans and then moving the north stand either to the south or, no, or, or, or to the main. Mm-hmm. It, there's it, a, there's, there's a much better way to do it than that. Is that? It's just move the line over. <clears throat> but then there's shared facilities. I mean, we're he's, getting into he's, semantics. He's, 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 he's got a way that. to do that. Right. He's, he's worked out a way of doing yeah, it. Got to, he's Lovely. probably got a way to do that. Okay, so the east stand is fixed <clears> and yep, everyone's yep, back in. It was yep. looking very, very good yesterday. Yeah, and people are back in their seats. and Everyone's back in their seats and... Someone made a good point yesterday, I never thought about it, I think it was actually my son who was supposed to be here tonight but he's work, he got a work project to work on, um, and he's, he said the, the East Stand is the noisiest stand because of the way it's built. Yeah, because it's got a low roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> okay, cool, okay, so also lots of questions about the Academy. Yeah, so again, we come back to process, you know, Martin runs the Academy, Lewis is the guy responsible for it really smart guy Lewis and we're continuing to look at what's the best for the future we want to continue to develop players we obviously have a budget to think about we're going through all that yeah. no answer um, and <laughs> as soon as as soon as they figure it all out they will come to the board say this is what we want to do we'll discuss it may agree with it disagree with it but it's not again the hierarchy it's the discussion and uh, so no more news is that is it a decision that will be made dependent on what league we're in? No, no. It has to be made before we know. Sorry, we're that? It has to be made before we know what has, league we're in. What right, league okay. we're in, unless we win the league next week, right? Or very soon. Okay, so I mean, a decision to... that will be contingent on what's good for Leighton Orient. Oh yeah. As it as as a as a future, rather than well, if we're in the national league, it will be the same as if we're in the in the football league. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There might be a slight modification to it, but the general direction and the general the um, philosophy of what it will has to be right. has to be a kind of a certain way, maybe. Fine. Yeah. Of course, lots of questions in from uh, people. Uh, Dennis and Vince have had their questions answered pretty much. Cliff uh, Weston emailed and said, the obvious plan is to get back into the league ASAP. And that, of course, is what every O's fan wants. But how would the club stand financially if we were still in the National League in three seasons' time? Would you as owners still maintain the financial backing that you've shown so far? Well, okay. A, I'm not going to predict three years out, yep. because who knows? I mean, you know, in all my other balls, we, we think it's going to be a recession in uh, 2020. Okay. Um, so the world could be a very different place. You know, I think we're very committed to the club. Um, I continue to think about, well, Kent said it, we continue to talk about the future. I think there's one thing that everyone understands is that Kent and I kind of like spreadsheets and presentations, um, but we keep planning for the future, we keep thinking about the money we need for the future, um, and until the Holy Grail comes, which I think we've said before is, you know, get back to where we were and have a consistent League One club, we've, we will remain committed, but I mean, who, who knows, I'm, I'm 70 later this year. Uh, I may fall over a step next week and uh, <laughs> crack my head open. So, but I mean, yeah, that's not happening. No, no, no. It might be that you choke on peanuts, but no, no, yeah, no, that no. came close to that. <laughs> here, 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 here's the thing. Nigel and I are extremely committed to the club, and we will figure out the short-term and long-term financial needs and availability of funds for the club both short-term and long-term. We will figure it out. Exactly what it looks like, exactly how it's going to happen. 
We don't know necessarily exactly all the time because there are a lot of factors that come into this, but we are extremely committed to making it work and we think we'll figure it out. Good answer. Cool. Um, so we had a, a few questions in from others on Twitter that have been answered already, but Darren Ross's question, Darren Ross 1964, he said, mm-hmm. I still possess my £100 share certificate. Nigel previously advised of some initiative to reflect the minority shareholders in the club. And mm-hmm. Is there an update on that at all? It's uh, a good, good reminder. So I, I think I'll say that uh, um, we had a meeting last year for the shareholders. We've made sure that happened. I think, thank you for the question. We probably haven't been as focused on it recently as possible. So take that as, you know, a black mark on me because I'm supposed to be in charge of that. So if Danny's listening, Danny, add that to the list of things that I've failed to do. <laughs> Come on, Matt, um, get that pad out. So, <laughs> He's sitting there taking notes. No, no, no. But, but by the way, it's good. I mean, yeah, I dropped the ball. So we'll get back and okay. be focused on it. There, there. There will be a shareholder meeting like we had last year. There will be another shareholder meeting this year. We don't know the date. We don't know the time just yet, but there will be another shareholder meeting but, this, this year. But we did say we would do something else. So okay. no, right. Would we'll, there be an opportunity for those that don't hold shares to maybe buy new shares? Would there be any sort of release of that? No, Nothing. No. Okay. Well, they, they have the opportunity to buy shares from people who currently own them. Yeah, okay. Oh, so you can transfer shares. Yeah, they can transfer shares. buy off other people. They can transfer shares. Yeah, okay, but you're not planning to release any. No, fine. Okay. Just a bit left field, because it just popped in my head. Is there any progress on the director or the fan between Loft and the supporters club? Because that seems to have been taken. Yeah, and there's also the lifetime season ticket thing that's just popped into my head as well. But yeah, on... I mean, that's taken a year and a half, which seems like an awfully long time between two groups of fans who are pretty much in every game. Yeah, talk to each other and go right this is how we're doing it okay so um on the director thing so let me be clear on this that it was my idea originally um we then examined it and we've communicated this both to loft and late Orient supporters club and we said several things one is not sure you want the liability two we are because of the nature of the investment which is basically him and i a, a quasi us in a company, not sure we want people volunteering to be involved with the IRS. <laughs> um, but if they want to, yeah, would they have? Would that be a? It could be. It could be. Could be. Could be an. Could be an implication. Could be. So and and then we also said there's a lot of risk. We also think that we communicate a lot, but we've had then discussions based on that of an advisory group. We're in good discussions with Loft and Leighton Orient Supporters Club. And again, I may not be totally up to date because, to be honest, I've been trying to focus on promotion, which I think is a priority. Yeah, I don't think anyone will blame you for that. No. Um, But the last I remember, we talked to, uh, I I nearly said the other side, but we're all on the same side, to Loft and Supporters Club, had some ideas. I think they came back, we went back to them. So it's somewhere in all that process. Ongoing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but but just to be clear, I moved to goalpost. Well, we all we did. Yeah, it's looking unlikely that that position is going to be. But there will be an advisory group. Forward as you. Yeah. Had thought. But both the supporters club and Loft said that they thought our record on communications was good. The the So what is the request? The request is that the fans are heard. 
that's the basic request. Let's make sure that the fans are heard and that there is a process of governance in the club that is followed and adhered to and that makes sense. Those are the two main things that they want. Yeah. Governance and to be heard. But I don't if, think it was in that in some regards because it was you guys that put out that said we'll have a, understand, a, but, a fan director if but, you like. Right. So, Ni- but Nigel, the reason that Nigel is offering a fan director is he wants to make sure that people know yeah. that our fans are heard right. and that the fans have the opportunity to look over governance. Yeah. That's why he's offering that. Okay. Now, the question is, is a fan director the most effective way for that person to achieve those two objectives? And what we figured out is, maybe not, given the amount of risk that that individual would have to take on. Right. So is there another way for us to fulfill the objectives of governance, minority shareholders, things like that, and fan involvement? If any club in this pyramid wants to go up against our responsiveness to fans, bring them. Bring them. I don't care what, Premier League, you can go from here to nine. That's how many y'all got, right? Nine levels. Go from here to nine and name me a club that is more responsive yeah, and and, well, we and, got, ha- and have at it. Got the club chairman and the club vice chairman. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just arms, arms and so and so 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 from a from a from a fan responsiveness perspective, he's in the south stand yesterday talking to fans directly. He has conversations with fans. I have we have emails. We have all so any other club they want to point to that says that's more responsive or more open or more Sorry, more yeah. more fan friendly i am open to seeing how any other club is that way i'm open to it it's interesting as a vote this week on wickham you know and the only reason i know this is someone when i was in the supporters club when i was over at christmas came up to me and said do you know these two americans i said yes i happen to do i know them very well well we're worried about them i said these are the best people in the world, apart from Kent, um, and you do. And I said, you know, these are the people I was talking to before we had our group. And I said, I would give, I would give my money to these guys because you will never find two better people. And he said, thank you very much. I then talked to the investment banker and offered to send the letter saying that to the fans. But from what I hear, you know, there's like 120 fans in whatever the fan-owned body is. Mm-hmm. It, it could or could not go through. Mm. Now, I suspect a lot of the fans who are not in that body don't know as much as the fans at Lake Norrit. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Well, that's... if you need someone on the cheap, I might be available for a very good rate uh, in the next week or two to keep what that. What was that? What was the other question? Fans and what was the other? Oh, it was the free season ticket, which was ticket. the... For life. There was a thing that you were going to do... That was at the beginning of the season. Beginning of the season, where there was going to be a season. Someone, you enter, 
and uh, basically a fan was going to be picked at, at random to win a season okay. ticket for life. Is that Danny? Is that Danny? It's, it's, it's probably more of a Danny question. Oh, Danny, add it to the list. I just don't remember that. <laughs> I love the fact that we're a memo. For <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. By the way, Dan, when, when we have our management meetings, yeah. Danny writes the memo with the actions before we finish the meeting. <laughs> no, at the time Amazing. that the meeting closes, he sends it in email. Yeah, and, and we're all talking, say, see again, oh, and all that stuff, seconds. and we get the note. I mean, it's, it's within, 15. It's within 15 seconds, yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, we're praising him, not putting yeah, yeah, no, 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 Okay, I'll give, I'll give you a look. I know it was me pushing the time. No, no, it's good. Go on. I'll keep going. Another 10 minutes. So All right, here we go. Another 20 minutes. Go, 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 go. So go, go. All right. Um, so we've got go. EAGWGW, who brings up David Mooney. He says, I found it quite sad that Mooney's come up to say goodbye. Uh, more recently, he said he couldn't talk about it. Royston, uh, could there be plans to allow him back in some capacity so yes. you could show their appreciation yes. to Moons? Yeah, yeah I saw that yesterday on the forum, and I think it was a good idea. Danny, add it to the list. We don't, we don't, we don't, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a belief. I, but the thing is, I don't know what culturally is appropriate. You guys have to tell us. No, no, I mean, I think, you know, David's always welcome. Yeah, I told of him course, that. of course. Yeah, and we hope to get moves on the podcast welcome. in the summer. Yeah. yeah. To speak about what yeah, you can moment. speak about. Can he, can you understand Irish? Just about. Easy. I think to be a very slow, slow-spoken one. Oh, is that? Easy, yeah. Well, you're talking about David Mooney. Easy. Okay. Sorry, he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we have, we may have other people who speak <laughs> Irish who do listen. So. Oh yeah, easy. that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm from the East End of London. <laughs> yeah, we talk how it is. I know, but I thought you were an HR guy too. I was. <laughs> now he's out. Anything. Now he's out. Should hit shackles are off. Shackles are off. Should have heard what he said before we started recording. All right, go ahead. So. Um, Colin Williams Sorry. got in touch with us. This is um, probably a bit left field, actually. But several months ago on Orient Hour, um, Kent said that he had no objection to the reinstatement of the late Orient Golf Day, but he knew one thing for sure, he wouldn't be playing. Correct. Dream Team's The Love of the Game showed Kent on the driving range. Does Correct. this mean that he has now changed his mind, or was well, he just posing? If not, I'm getting old. How about being a caddy? I'm a poser. No, I'm not playing. His opposer's not playing fine. It was also yeah. mentioned that at some point in the future, uh, the East End would need to be redeveloped. Has the board discussed the option of safe standing? I know we talked about the East End okay. before, but as a slight variation on that, removable seats and replacement barriers could be a way of increasing capacity. I guess that's that, that as well. Maybe safe standing does not increase capacity. Safe standing does not increase capacity. Just so you know, yeah, because it's still one body in that space. Isn't safe it? standing does not yeah. increase capacity. So I think someone else who's on here, Daniel, someone talked about the East End. You know, we've got all kinds of ideas for the East End. Again, I think this is where we have to stay focused. It was very frustrating what happened with the East End, but you know, we did the right thing for safety, which is obviously probably even more promote more important than promotion if there is one thing. So we've done that. We fixed it. Council. I just want to say, very supportive and helpful. Um, and, um, you know, we'll continue to think what we can do on the East Stand. I already mentioned that we're trying to think how do we increase capacity within we central limits. Yeah. Um, and we'll continue to talk about, in terms of safe standing, we've never discussed it at board level. My 13-year-old son talks to me every week about it. I'm fed up with talking about it, but... It you know at some stage when we do do whatever we do with the East End we'll consider it but I agree with Kent it probably doesn't increase capacity. Fine, cool. Okay, so Mungo uh, on the forum got in contact said if and when we get back into the football league, do you envisage 
the EFL having any concerns around our membership. Uh, I wanted to say, didn't we leave under a cloud uh, last time what with the protests, abandoning the game and then restarting yep. it after we'd left and weren't there unpaid fines or dues to the league? To Great question. The answer is no. They would welcome us back. They love Leighton Orient. They want us in. And I think we we knew the, 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 the Football League understood, were very empathetic to our situation and supportive of the way that we handled it and I feel very confident that the Football League would be delighted to have Lake Norrie back. Cool. Agreed. Buffalo Bill asks, uh, what are your plans for trying to raise awareness in the States about the club and do you see the area as a potential source of new talent which could be brought to the club? I know you were doing soccer academies Man, as they well, call it well, out this, this will only take up the next 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I'll try and make this quick. Okay. So no, seriously, two, this is a huge topic. Two, two camps set up this year that Steve, he's the guy who should have it on sometime, um, Steve, Steve Hamilton, um, who runs the camps and he's doing the college programs as well. Steve stayed at my house and so a great guy. And he's got so much knowledge. Um, and he'd be an interesting guy to come on because I think this is a side of this, our business that you guys don't have much exposure yeah, sure. to. Get my next time Ross. Um, yeah. And so we do that. We work with Wellesley Soccer, who we actually sponsor. We pay them, which is where I live. Um, I think the States is clearly when we do our overseas <coughs> streaming the number one country. Um, one of the things I was talking about when I was running this morning in the park I was thinking about this there's a great podcast not as good as yours called The Business of Sport we need to get on there because I think that will unlock a lot of awareness um, I think we need to think about doing some advertising but we're focused on the camps we're focused on the streaming and I'm going to I think Kent will fully support this the one person who seems to make to move mountains with the National League is my son who's the brains behind it, but he couldn't be here tonight, but you should yeah. probably have him on another time. I think we'll have to, because yeah. we had a few questions. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. In particular. Yeah. And I can answer some of them, but he can explain all the technical side. Um, but we're kind of excited, and I think we're making good progress. But as Kent would say, I, and I agree with it, probably I would have liked us to be further forward. I don't want to criticise any leagues or anywhere, but we think we... We've been held back by the rest of the people who don't understand it. But David did a presentation as recently as a week last Thursday. And we've had a... And basically the league have said, anyone who wants to do it, as long as we control it, you can do it. And David had a bunch of clubs, including Blythe uh, and Hartlepool, come to him and say, yeah, sign us up and help us do it. So it's Hartlepool, so it's Hartlepool away going to be streamed um, mm. without it... confirmation so I want to be clear yeah, yeah. we have to go to the National League but it was it, it was energetically discussed put it like that I was going to say <laughs> as we get, move towards the business end of the season and if we aren't on BT yeah. Sport and as the games get more high profile there seems to be probably a, possibly an opportunity yeah I mean I think the trophy games will be seen yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, we were pleased very much with the response uh, with the Salford. Was it the Salford with the streamed? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty about the game, but uh, and uh, but 
Okay, we're doing a lot. So, okay. so the quick question about talent acquisition from the U.S., highly unlikely. Right. Because of a number of... Um, I'm not an immigration lawyer, so I'm not quite sure how hard it is to bring a player in from a foreign country into the U.K., but my understanding is it's, it's fairly hard. difficult, especially at... Because they've got to play for a certain amount and, of international yeah. games for their country. Right. And part of always my answer is we are a National League side. Yeah. So it's different. There's enough local talent. It's very, it's very different when you're in the Premier League. Yeah. We will find, I guarantee, sometime so. in the next few years, someone who we do a camp with who's fantastic, whose background, like my two kids, is British and American. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Dual, dual I'm systems. Not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's difficult. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Milano on the front, is, are you surprised uh, about how well funded some of the clubs in the National League are, particularly Salford and Fylde, spring to mind? Obviously, Salford have been in the press this week with Mr. Beckham. Nope. We're not surprised. I think, yeah, I mean, as, as Kent, this is, why don't you tell somebody? He, he says there's two ways of running a football club. Well, I'm, yeah, but I mean, we're not surprised. It's just not, no. Um, because how well funded are some of the clubs who may be in a relegation battle that are currently in League Two? going to be funded when they come down to the National League next year. And my understanding is they are very large clubs that are very well funded. So here, if money was the answer, the problem would be so much simpler. It would just be about money. Was it about money last year with Macclesfield? No. Oh, okay. I was just checking. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. To, I mean, David Beckham... <laughs> David Beckham, I've read completely straight face. He's a piece of work, I tell you. You can see this guy's face. You delivered that. I wish wish it was video camera so you could have seen the way Kent delivered that. That was amazing. (laughs) I mean, everyone should watch the Salford thing plus of 92 on Netflix. Um, But David Beckham last year paid in the UK tax, and I think he also paid the US tax, he paid 12.2 million. Um, It's clearly based on the business of sport. One I heard this morning, you know, put a lot of money into <coughs> Miami and thinks that'll be very successful. And I think it will, having lived in Miami. So, you know, he's going to do it his way. We do it our way. Good way to end that one. Yeah, absolutely. James Burns came up with a good question. So in the aftermath of the takeover, there was talk, uh, if he remembers rightly, that along the way further investors might come aboard. Is this still an objective? Uh, is it being actively worked on? Has it been shelved until we're back in the football league? Yeah, I mean, let's, let me be transparent about that. I mean, running a football club is not a money-making no, proposition. You don't do it to... I think everyone knows that. It's a money pit. Um, and, you know, we continue to think about the next two, three years, going back to your earlier yeah. questions of what Ken said. So I continue to talk to people, but the biggest thing to me is they have to be compatible. Yeah. I mean, you know, do I have to be chairman? I want to say this clearly. I don't. Um, I mean, I'd like to maintain the continuity, I'd like to maintain the continuity of, our, of the way we run the club, which I think is, you know... It's okay. Like, yeah. We're top of the league, right? We're top of the league, and the, all checking. the goals we set were ahead. I mean, we actually said, I can reveal this now, after five years, we'd like to have an average attendance of 5,000. I mean, Whoops, check. 
Uh, yeah. I was uh, top of the non-league crowd yesterday by a whooping... By a country by mark. By an absolute... Whooping. By a country mark. We are every week. And to prove how we run plays, Danny and I had a dis- disagreement about this. I thought yesterday's get- attendance was fantastic. He was very disappointed. Um, what was he expecting? Well... For Maidstone. He, he thought it should be higher. Put it like, I don't know. <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter. We disagree, but that's what it should be about. I mean... You want him to be ambitious. He, he should be in his job as the CEO. Of, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if he's disappointed, he probably thought it should be five, six or something. Do you know, right? the, the irony is we're in the National League getting five, five and a half thousand fans a week in. When we were top of League One pushing for the championship, we were struggling to get four and a half thousand, four, seven in. Kudos to Nigel. I'm just saying. So the first time I bought Oliver, my grandson, <laughs> who I think many people have met, David's son, yeah. was 2011, it was either New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, one or the other, and the mascot, he didn't make it because he cried and couldn't go out, but anyway, um, <laughs> so I looked up, we played at home to Charlton in League One, local derby, at that time of year, yeah. the gate was 5,001, I mean, that's yeah. Charlton, who would have run at least, what? Thousand fifteen hundred. Yeah. Our our ownership group, our board, our staff, our director of football, our management has brought back and our players and everyone involved in the club, including the fans, has brought back an enthusiasm for this club that is involving and engaging. And we will continue to draw brilliant fans who love the club and fans who are getting introduced to the club that want to become a part of the club. We believe that we can continue to build the fan base over time because of the enthusiasm and the love of the club of the fans that are already a part of this club. You've, That's what we're doing. Yeah, you've kind of reinvigorated perhaps a sleeping section of the fan base. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just fans that perhaps were that Correct. before. I, I guess every out of every sort of cloud, there's a silver lining. So, you know, from the previous ownership and running it into the ground and whatnot, actually people, you know, we were within a, a millimetre of our lives and actually that's probably made a lot of people who were passive, you know, they would watch from afar, mm-hmm. actually re-engage and reactivate and say, actually, you know, there's this thing, right, the great thing right on my doorstep and I get to meet the owners because they'll come and stand in the South Stand Bar or come in the Sports Club or go and stand in the away section at an away match that no one has ever done before. You know, no disrespect to Matt and Barry, but they, they, they didn't do that sort of thing and that's fine. It's rare. I've never heard of any board of director of a football club going into... The fan section there, stand there, it's, the, it's the, unique. My point is there's no one reason. It's a bunch of factors. Yeah. It's not just one it's not just one owner or one director or one <clears throat> one one player or or you know, there is only one manager and there is only one director of football and there is only one CEO. But it's not just them. It's a group effort and we have begun to have what I would call an evangelistic fan. And the evangelistic fan I see in the supporters club. And what they do is they say, hey, you know that free ticket? These are the two people. And I meet the two people in the supporters club and they say, we have had such a fantastic experience today. We will be back. Mm -hmm. And I say, I can't wait to see you in February. I can't wait to see you in March. 
and you're going to love April around here. It's going to be fantastic. And so it's not just us. The fans are engaging their friends and their family, and people feel invited, and they feel safe, and they feel like they can bring their children or their kids or whatever. They feel like they are a part of the club, and that's what we want. That's what we want, and yeah. that's what we're getting. I must say, yesterday, Tottenham fan, my best mate, came first time. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> second best mate. Se- second best mate. <laughs> Joint best mate. Andy won't listen to this either, but he came for the first time. Been Tottenham season to get older for 10 years. At Spurs. Giving up on Spurs, too expensive. Wembley's a nightmare. Came to Toronto yesterday, loved it. Guy sits behind us, Michael Wingle. His brother's an <coughs> Arsenal Excuse fan. Me. He's just started coming to Toronto with his kid. They get, they're, they're in now for the season, so... Every week you can see new people starting to get so in another one week by week. You see it every week building and it. building. So I'm I want to say two, two, two things to finish your question. Firstly, this all started from, I think it actually started with Marshall when he was CEO. We did football for a fiver, which mm-hmm. is to get new yeah. people in. Mm-hmm. So anticipating the question, it, we're aiming to do that for the East League game. And we're also aiming to do the O-Nut on that game. That was a question that came in. And and I have a bit less control than I used to because I'm no longer the CEO, but there's been a change of franchise. That's why we didn't do it in the last few months, but it'll be back. And the last thing is, just before anyone writes to me saying I want to be an investor, A, they should write to me, but... Do not write to me unless you've got several million people into it. <laughs> I do not want people saying I've got, got two hundred right? six p. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Agreed. Two things before we go. Yeah. They probably won't be quick, but well, one will be quick, but one probably won't. We haven't mentioned it yet. I can do them quick. Um, <laughs> you can. So maybe I'll ask you. Um, <laughs> George Elakobi. Yeah. Um, there was a very short but very carefully worded statement. The fact that George is now on the transfer list. I know this is a football matter, not necessarily a board matter, but fans have asked, so we're going to ask, what's the state of play with with George? He's on the transfer list, I get that, but... Okay. What can... Uh, I... We'd be crucified if we didn't ask, so... Oh, you should... Yeah, we'd have a... Let me tell you the answer. Go on. Okay, it's been dealt with. George understands where he stands, George is okay, George, Justin understands where there is, we, the two of us have excellent relationship with George, and in fact, George works with us on other things that he's doing, I don't think anyone has to worry about it, it's a matter that's been handled, and as with your jobs, it was an internal matter, we're not willing to get into the details, but George and the clubs are a very good Standing, and he said to both of us very recently, I love Lake Norwich. Nice one. Pretty quick one for you, Kent. We've got a, a friend called Mark Schaffer who sits underneath you in the West End. He says, when Karama got injured, there seemed to be some rubble falling from the balcony. Did you kick something to, in your frustration? Or did you launch something at something which might have had a dust cloud coming over certain parts of the West End? And Kent Silence, mate. What did you do? You might have done something. What did you do? What did you do, man? You threw his burger on the floor and then booted it. So, it was pie I was I was walking south on the balcony <coughs> when Josh Caroma started to have his injury when he pulled up. I turned toward the north stand and carpet bombed a cuss word 
and then I back kicked a sign and broke the two twist ties that hold the sign up and then the sign fell onto the balcony and caused <laughs> quite a clamor. This is all new to me. <laughs> because you were watching Josh Caroma and I was yeah. kicking stuff. Please kicking. tell me Dream Team have got that on camera. I doubt they've got oh, it on camera. They certainly got me on camera shouted at the referee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were they were, 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 they were, they were way and, and, and rightly and rightly so. Dream Team's cameras were very much fixed on Nigel and his experience of, of Leighton Orient, which I think is great. So that is what happened. No one was injured. It was just two plastic twist ties <laughs> ties that I busted, but it did cause quite a, a moment for the um, I don't well, y'all don't call them guards I don't know it's the steward. the steward the steward that watches over me because he sort of grabbed my coat to make sure I wasn't actually jumping over the balcony <laughs> but other than that he caused quite the kerfuffle I I I am an extremely emotional guy when I do not like the things I see, and I am very disturbed when I see <laughs> any of our players be injured. Yeah, he so pulled up. He, yeah, and I just, I just went red. Yeah, sorry, sorry about all that. Yeah, but the, it's only now. I was told that they are going to reinforce <laughs> the sign. <laughs> yeah. Ken's coming over. That's about this. We'll put Kent on free kick duty so, and just hope yeah. So let's remind you, when I was at Blockbuster, we brought vending That's machines amazing. in. That's amazing. We had these vending machines and they came from Israel and they were made by an Israeli tank manufacturer. And people said, why do you have to have an Israeli tank manufacturer? They said, well, you don't live in the UK. People will come out of the pub, go to the vending machine and give them a good kick in. So we now know that Kent has... Had Fully anglicised. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you need military grade just to, finish, just to finish him, uh, in case we don't get you back at Orient Albert Podcast Towers before the end of the season, what would be your messages to those fans coming out of tonight into the last 15 games of the season? What, as Nigel Kemp was the chairman or the vice chairman, what would you want to say to let me? Let me go first. A, I know you're going to overreact, okay? So we know, we know you're gonna overreact and we love you in spite of the fact that we know you're gonna overreact. We want the best for this club. We know you want the best for this club. We have differing opinions on the best way to get to where we wanna to get to with this club. We know you're going to overreact. Some of you are going to overreact. Some of you may kick a sign. Some of you may do other crazy stuff. And you may overreact a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. We're still going to love you. We love this club. We love this fan base. We love this staff. We love the players. We love Martin. We love Justin. It, you know, we are in love with the club. Nigel is in love with the club. He's been doing it 60 years. I've been doing it, you know, 60 minutes compared to him. But we love this club, and we're going to continue to do what we believe is 
in the best interest of the club, both short term and long term. And I would add to that, you know, the passion for the club is enormous, but everyone on our board and everyone who's involved, we've really got a special group of people. I think I'll go back to the start. We understand fans are anxious. You should see my son Ian and I watching the game back in Boston. You know, the tension builds. And then he and I, when we score, um, hug each other. My wife, Joanna, comes in occasionally and says, what's the score? <laughs> <laughs> Nervously, right? And just to show how passionate we are about it, you know, when we're talking about, you know, there's rumours about Justin going someplace else. Every day she hounded me when are you going to get his contract sorted out? And then I'd wake up in the morning, what are you doing today about Justin's contract? I mean, we are so vested in this club, but my plea to the fans is get over your tension, get out there and shout, because as 11 players on the pitch, we have three on the, sorry, we have five on the bench, but only three can come on. But we want to have four that are on the field, and the fourth man there is the fans and sing and support and shout and make as much noise home and away in the last games that will make a difference it will i agree perfect ladies and gentlemen way to end it Nigel thank you Travis very much indeed. indeed thank you guys very much yeah. indeed so our thanks again go to Kent and Nigel who have given up a considerable amount of time uh, to be with us this evening. Thank you very much indeed and uh, we hope that we were able to answer as broadly uh, as possible and put a lot of the questions to them uh, and hopefully the answers that you were, uh, were looking for certainly enlightened me yeah. uh, on a few things as well. But let's crack on now with the rest of episode uh, 169 this week with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yes, yeah, so not one, not two, but three <laughs> trips to say about so First up, Tuesday, the 5th of March, we'll make the long journey to Barrow. Departure time for this one is 11.30am and the game kicks off at 7.45. Adult fares for this one will cost you £36 and £33 for concessions. Then secondly, free coaches to Hartlepool, courtesy of Dream Team, leave Brisbane Road Saturday, the 9th of February. Now on the third coach, if you want in, you can contact the Supports Club for that one. And lastly, a new trip to tell you about, Saturday the 2nd of March, sees us travel to Haven and Waterlooville for a 3pm kickoff. Departure one for this time is 10am and adults will cost £23 and concessions £20. So on all of those trips, they'll cost you an additional £3 if you aren't a member of the Supporters Club and under 15s can travel for half price but must be with an adult. And please remember that those prices do not include your match day tickets and to book any of those trips go into the supports clubs on a match day, pre or post match, or you can call the travel line on 077-22-135-970. And a further update from the supports club, the next quiz is taking place on Sunday the 14th of April. This one starts at 6pm. Prices are £8 a head with a max of eight people per team with food included. And there will also be a raffle on the night as well. You can... Uh, Enter a team by contacting Lee Deering on Twitter at Gorillas1985 or by email at lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk or by going into the Supporters Club and asking for Lee or Simon. So an Uber Supporters Club update there. Yeah, great stuff happening yeah. uh, all over the place there. Any other business this week? Just the one. Very, 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 very happy birthday 
uh, to a friend of the show, Dennis Adelman, who yeah. turned the grand old age, or young age as it is these days, of 60 on Friday the 25th of Jan. Happy birthday to you, and I hope you enjoy um, using reduced cost travel now that you've reached that milestone birthday from the both of us. We hope you had a yeah. great night uh, away uh, and uh, three points on the Saturday. You can't ask for more uh, than that. So we'll move on now to the week that was. Yep, so Coulson, Monday the 21st of January, and on a day known as Blue Monday, the club currently came up with the hashtag of Red Monday to pick out highlights of the season so far following a recent run of poor results. So a good idea from the club there. I think my highlight from the season so far was Bromley at home. Emotional yeah, game. Ball, yeah. You had the uh, limited shirt was worn for that game only. True. Went a goal down. It was a bit quiet at half-time. And in the second half, yeah. blew him away. Mackinough special free kick. Won the goal from Caroma. And just the day I left the ground that day, thinking, we're in with a shout this season. I really believe we could. Really great day. Yeah. You? I have to say, no, Bromley is a very good shout. Um, but to be different, uh, I thought Harrogate was a good game for us, although I wasn't there. Yeah. But just in terms of the importance, they were top going on this amazing run and, and we stopped we stopped that and we absolutely smashed them there. I thought also Chesterfield at home was a good one for us as well. Yeah. Uh, there was a hot, quite hotly anticipated game. Martin Allen doing crazy stuff. Um, there'll be a few, um, but uh, those are standouts for me. Hopefully more to come as the yeah. season progresses. And then later... In the evening, whilst episode 168 was being digested by everyone, at half past seven, the club released a briefly worded shock statement that read as follows. said the club can confirm defender George Kobe has been placed on the transfer list following actions that didn't meet club standards at the league game against Hampstead United. The decision has been made to make the defender available for transfer and no further comment will be made at the moment. And I guess Nigel and Kent haven't just been on alluded that they didn't really want to speak about the matter an internal matter that's been any further discussed yeah and almost as if we sort of had a crystal ball last week's episode I said that did. Dave and Matt pointed out George refused to shake Justin's hand when he was substituted clearly there was more to that than we actually realised because obviously we've taken the quite drastic action if you like um, of, of transfer listing him um, there, there's, there's obviously more to it than, than we will ever know uh, what I do believe is that with the stability that Justin has provided I trust his decision and have faith that it's in the club's best interest. Yeah, for um, me, yeah, agree with you there. Something's obviously happened between George uh, and Justin or one of his teammates, which club feel was unrepairable. So that's it, George, you know, on the transfer list. But you have to think it must be something pretty bad when there's only two other senior centre-backs fit yeah. at the club at that point in time. So as you can imagine, huge feedback on this one through our social media channels yeah. coming in massive reaction yeah. at Basel 73 so it seems harsh for just not shaking hands and maybe something else went on does, does ever clubs know he's available but could be off the list in a week or two after an apology as it stands still on that list I can't see that changing I don't think so. that will change either Orient underscore Viking said always injured and looked finished last year let alone this got to be on a big wage too and aside from that it had to be more than no handshake that's got him the boot which is I think spot on. Yeah, Lubert, 84, is very strange. He's always seemed like a model pro. Well, not a regular starter. He's someone you would want in the dressing room. Trousers Techno said, disappointing. I thought George was better than that. Not what I expected from him and kind of destroys the really positive aura he's created around himself. No one deserves to be on the pitch if they're not performing and maybe a couple similar to G- may- and maybe a couple similar to GE. Yeah, Spenno, 011, says he did storm past Justin when he was subbed but would assume this came to a head after the game. Gutted, a real character and a genuinely nice guy, but you can see he's had his feathers rustled between waiting patiently to play and gets his chance. We bring Turley in 
and he subbed. Paul Wee underscore UK, I trust Justin to get us up and more than I trust GE if the truth be told. Yes, great club character, but footballing wise is a bit of a liability. And when Turley came on, he was solid from minute one. Great tweet there from Paul. At only one team, so his words must have been said. Going by George's reaction to being subbed, so probably a fallout, and he's crossed the manager's line of disrespect. That's that. Yeah, Les LK52. Judging by Saturday, it's no great loss. He's obviously a good character to have around the club, uh, but as a player, he's no pace and he's not the right player. Not sorry, not the player he was. Sorry, but if Justin Edinburgh thinks this is the right move, so do I. Yeah, good point. And to finish on George Alicobi, Ed Jones tweeted us, Ed Jones 1976. Says George had waited so long to get back in the side. I can understand his frustration, but he was shocking on Saturday. Anything that tarnished the club means goodbye. Shame, because he's a popular figure. Problems Justin could do without at the moment, and we need to start winning again. So those were all yeah. tweets that came into at Orient Outlook on Twitter. And if we haven't mentioned your tweet, don't worry, you may be mentioned later on in the episode. Yeah, so moving on then to Tahue Tuesday, the 22nd of January. It's a very quiet day at the club as the news of George Elakobi still being a talking point across our social media channels. Yeah, and then Wednesday, the 23rd of January, not really Orient related, but it seems lots of people upset to hear that the local boy David Beckham, born in Whips Cross, just around the corner. Saying, yeah. Invested in National League promotion rival Salford City buying 10% of the club shares. And we have a bit of a different stance on this one. We not do. often it happens, but a bit of a, a different stance. So for me, I think this could have quite a big impact uh, as the season goes on, as the exposure to Salford gets. But on our effects. season, you say? Well, it is, if they, it is if they pip us to first, based on hit a player going to them who wants to go because David Beckham owns 10% of shares. That's the only but way. Ryan Giggs or Nicky Butt or Paul, would they not be a strong enough pull in the first place Don't before think you add on? But Possibly gigs, but there's no one as globally... Or Gary Neville. No one as globally famous as Bex for me. He's literally like the greatest British-English footballer, I would say, in the last 20, 30 years. Iconic, who is still held in the highest regard. Yeah. Um, you know, suddenly it's sort of become a much more attractive proposition from a playing and also a commercial perspective, so it gets them more income. All, all you've got to do is look at their Twitter following. Their Twitter following is 147.4k compared to Orient, who are a bigger club, whose Twitter following is 53.4. So it means their audience on social media already reaches every three people to our one. And we're a bigger club with a bigger fan base, but they've got that much more interest. Yeah. My worry is, if they're trying to get a deal over the line, which might have failed before because it's Salford, that potentially Bex can get involved and then bring that player who didn't want to go down to them, and that player could be that one player who makes a difference between a point or three in the final game of the season. What's, what's the Twitter following got to do with signing a player, though? What makes you a lot more commercially attractive. And it means they're getting more money, more more exposure through their social media, which means they can... So, for example, the Orange Twitter feed is sponsored. I don't know whether Salford do that as well. Right. But it just means they reach a wider audience. So it's more potentially commercially attractive. Yeah, right, which gives okay. them more money, which gives them more spending power as if they needed any more from me. But you don't feel that way, do you? No, I disagree with you about it having an impact on us. Um, he's bought a stake in the club uh, from someone who is much, much richer than he is. So they're not suddenly a much richer club per se. I do take your point, though, uh, about you know if you know if David Beckham calls you up and says, look, come and play for us, rather than some A and other chairman that, that does it. I dare say that would have a bit of a sway on, on a player uh, coming in. From a money perspective, they're already paying top wages anyway. That Peter Lim has got very, very, very d- deep pockets, the Thai guy who's um, bankrolling it, basically. 
PR and media attention doesn't win you football matches yeah. and the club already have football legends as owners so for me it's not a big deal but if anything I think the media fanfare is probably more of a distraction and probably adds more pressure to the players and the yeah, manager than before because all of a sudden David Beckham's at the game so yeah. all of a sudden that game that you probably might have edged you now have to win and all of a sudden that, that changes potentially I don't know how Graham Alexander re reacts to this sort of pressure but potentially for him it's like there's an, another notch of pressure which then he then puts out onto the players in a, in a difficult way they go out and get spanked 3-0 for example that's the David Beckham yeah. impact for you so yeah there's things like that that if David Beckham, you know, you're after a player and he's in two minds, he doesn't necessarily want to go to the media fanfare. David Beckham phones you up and says, come and play for me, I, we want you, versus another chairman. He's probably going to win, maybe. But I think if, if someone like Justin and Martin come calling for you and they're talking sensibly and pragmatically and, you know, what we're planning on doing with the fan base, you know, they're going to go and play in front of 2,500 people in Salford versus 5,500 in London. I think that will have more of a draw. Yeah. But again, I guess it depends on the individual yeah, player. Good but point. For me, I don't see it as a major thing. I see I see more negatives than I do positives, but yeah. I do take your point about the lure of perhaps yeah. for someone like him. And me to you. <laughs> and me to you, my Silly. friend. We'll see what happens. So Thursday, yeah, no, it's interesting. the 24th of January, another quiet day, Leo's with no news to report. Yeah, and then on Friday, Mooney Friday, the 25th of January, young O, Hector Cipriano, was called up to the Cyprus under-19 uh, national side for the international friendlies against Romania on February the 5th, and there's someone else on the 7th as well. There's two games. So. I think it's a double-header. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's oh, okay. how I read it, but I'm not too sure. That's okay, so it. congratulations yeah. and well done to Hector following in Jason Dimitriou's footsteps. So. Yeah, good point. I think Hector signed the contract extension didn't he a couple he did. of weeks ago so future looks bright good centre mid yeah. yeah so moving on into Saturday the 26th <coughs> of January and young O Mason Hall joined Greenwich Borough on loan until the end of the season so good luck Mason and we'll be keeping an eye on how Mason progresses there yeah there was no under 18's game uh, on Saturday so it's straight to the main event that's Maidstone United at home uh, prior to this though we held a Twitter poll to see how you thought we would get on and after 379 votes in 24 hours 12% thought it would be a draw 15% thought we would lose you cynical bunch but <laughs> overwhelming and whopping 73% thought that Orient would win and for me I didn't vote um, but I, I would have been in the win camp. Yeah, I would agree with that one. <clears throat> so thanks agree. to everybody who took the time to vote. So the team lined up yesterday? Yeah, team, team was announced <clears throat> at 2pm with Dean Brill in goal. Back fourth, Sam Ling, Jamie Turley, Danny Happy and Joe Willowson in midfield of or an Outlooks podcast sponsored young man. The JMD uh, with Charlie Lee, Craig Clay and JB McEnough making up the rest of the midfield. And McCauley Bond and Josh Cromer up front. And on the subs bench we had Sam Sargent, Miles Jard, Alex Loyalis... James Brophy and Matt Harold. Yep, um, that basically meant that Joby McEnough and Craig Clay returned to the starting lineup as Jamie Turley made his full debut in place of transfer listed George Elokobi, who isn't even in the squad. No surprise there. Your yeah, views? As expected, but still a very strong side. I thought Judd might have snuck in uh, Hedderling, uh, who retains his place, but key points for me are the exclusions more than anything else. Elokobi, Gorman, and Alibi. So we obviously know about George on the transfer list, but where does this leave Dow and James for the time being? Yeah. Are we looking to get rid maybe to bring other players in? Or is it just a case of can't get in the 17 at the moment or the 16 and then but <coughs> maybe if we had training, they come in? Maybe if we had seven subs, they would oh, be absolutely. the other two. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of, he's looking tactically 
uh, and seeing that Juddy there gives him a good right-back option. He sees that Al Lawless can come in and do a job in midfield. Brophy and Harold both attacking players, so I guess that's the balance there. You know, I, I, I agree uh, with you. It's a, a very strong side, although I am surprised to see Joby back so soon as he hasn't fully recovered from his uh, sort of toe hairline fracture, whatever that was. Uh, but the effect that he can have cannot be underestimated. And I guess when your back's up against the wall a little bit, when you're perhaps slightly out of form, to have someone like him back in the squad alongside Craig Clay, uh, you know, we've lost five, we've now got two of those back, the balance is sort of semi-restored. So, yeah, delighted with that. Yeah, massive. So a few tweets that came into us after the team was announced at Essex Biz. It's great to see McEnough and Clay back. Massive boost. Disappointed that Judd isn't starting. No coincidence that our results are better when he starts. RP Bernstein said that's the exact team I would have chosen. Brophy to come on and cause havoc when the opposition are tired. Harold to come on if we're not winning late on and we need to lump it in the box. Thankfully, though, you'll be pleased to know, spoiler alert, that wasn't needed <laughs> in that regard, but we'll come on yeah, so to the that match in just a minute. Kicked yeah. off, <clears throat> must be those peanuts, with the O's yeah. looking to bounce back from last week's defeat to Ebbsfleet and extend the lead at the top of the table with Maidstone looking for a win in John Steele's first match since returning to the club as manager. Yeah, in the first 50... Yeah, I mean, there's always this thing. I, I actually thought that they would give us a tougher game because uh, John Steele sets his teams yeah, yeah. up um, pretty well. But first 15 minutes had no real attempts on go to really talk about. Orient started slowly, which seems to be a bit of a theme that we're developing here again, unfortunately. Um, the atmosphere in the ground felt a bit flat as well, despite having 5,500. Mm. There's not... I think it was tense. I think we kind of spoke about a bit nervy, tense with Nigel and Ken, but it did feel a bit tense and you just felt if if we could get that early goal, that all, everything would kind of just vanish and the longer the game went nil-nil, certainly I felt <coughs> as the more tense fans would get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a bit tense and the referee, who oh, I'm sure we're going to come on to a bit later, made a few questionable decisions early on and in the 18th minute, the first real shot and goal came from Maidstone. They broke away and Josh Taylor played in Michael Phillips on the right-hand side. The ball slightly overran and he couldn't get any power on his shot and Dean Brill saved easily. But it's like 21 minutes until we have the first real effort to talk about. Yeah. And you think this Maidstone is 23rd. We're top. They started Could quite well, we go they? and get out? But I thought Maidstone started really well with they their did. fans. So credit noisy. to their fans, but loud and noisy, and they're all playing for a new manager whose game talk would have been, you know, keep it a nil-nil, waste your time, hoof the ball out, make a few hard challenges and frustrate them, and let's see if we can get grab one on the counter-attack. And that's so they would have been perfectly happy with their first 20 minutes, they would have yeah. been delighted. John their 25, that, that centre-back was really good. Yeah, their good number player. 20 as well, who they put who they put Bon on, who was on Bon, a few days uh, was also really good. Yeah. yeah, so I think he's got something to work with then. Um, sorry, did you just do Josh Caroma? No. No, 21 minutes on the clock. Then Josh Caroma did really well as he ran at Meredith and with the number of stepovers, uh, gets a bit of space actually. That was a great piece of skill. He's dropped his shoulder, the, the guy's gone with him, and then, he's, yeah, and then he's gone the other way. He put in a low cross, which sadly, uh, it was across the face of goal across the six yard box there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Macaulay Bond couldn't quite. Uh, get there uh, and there was someone coming at the back post as well was it Joby? Probably Joby would have I think that came in it just went a little bit too far but that just went out for a corner I think Josh looking really threatening mm. and obviously seemed to be the one who looked like he was going to unlock their defence Yeah. I mean how many step overs can he do I think it was about eight literally but making it look so easy but you know uh, interestingly Joby did keep floating into the middle so at points there was no one on the left Joby was in the middle JMD was doing the same going into the middle <coughs> at points which I haven't seen so far um, you know, maybe that's the plan B maybe that's to mix up a bit and maybe give something 
else for Maidstone to think about to confuse yeah, the opponents. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Great work by Josh. Great opportunity. Macca was just a yard away from putting us ahead. So, you know, keep that up and, and, and we'll absolutely get something out of the game. Um, yeah, and we started to come into the game a bit more, didn't we? We started putting Maidstone under a bit of pressure. Yeah. Uh, and in the 32nd minute, a Josh Corona cross was cleared. Ball came out to Charlie Lee, played it into Sam Ling on the right-hand side. Sam crossed, McCauley Bond got his head on the ball, flicked it, but the keeper saved it pretty easily. It wasn't much power yeah, on the wasn't header. enough there. 34 minutes on the clock, then Orient took the lead. as a Charlie Lee throw-in is flicked on following a clever run from Jamie Turley, and the ball comes out to Jordan Maguire-Drew, who takes a shot which was going wide and was deflected in by McLennan, and it's 1-0. And I do like the fact that the stadium announcer, Barry Galvin, said that the goal was JMD's. Uh, and JMD is obviously clearly going to try and claim it. But for me, that was going worldwide. He it's kind of scuffed that. He'll be very lucky if he gets that goal, I would imagine, based on McCauley Bond's head a couple of weeks ago against Haven being taken, taken off. out. I mean, uh, that was not going on target. Yeah. Uh, but a huge slice of luck and a bit of luck we deserve, as we've not had the luck in the last couple of weeks. Um, and well done to Jamie Turley, who obviously was outside of the pitch, outside of the line, yeah. and ran in to flick it on. Just so to get his... Uh, clever. Momentum, yeah, right agree with you. Us. So great to be one up in the 36 minute. George Sessions uh, tweeted and put it better than what I tried to put it when I was doing my write up. Who says more randomness from referee Doughty, who has been shocking. He books Meredith and gives Orient a free kick despite the foul McEnough looking to take place inside the area. This was this was totally bizarre. So for me and uh, us around, you know, the guys around, for 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 us. There was no foul for quite a few of us. Um, maybe seeing it back will maybe see it differently. Um, so there wasn't a foul at all. But if there was going to be a foul, then that took place inside the box. And you can see the skid marks, for want of a better word, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, the marks in the grass, where where uh, Joby's gone down and, and, and slid. So quite how he's given a free kick in the first place, I don't know. And then how he's given it outside the box, I don't know that either. Big Ed's LFC tweeted, I said... First time I've seen a foul that wasn't even a foul that was inside the area, given outside the area. Let that settle in for a while. Say it again. I'm still very confused. First time I've seen a foul that wasn't even a foul that was inside the area, given outside the area. Yeah. Which I thought was quite a clever tweet. Yeah, Thank you to Adam uh, for that one. Yeah, so 37 minutes on the clock. Jamie Turley, we're mentioning him a fair bit. He took a book in. Uh, I think they call that taking one for the team. Absolutely. Um, as he fouled Jake Robinson with a Maidstone counter-attack uh, on us with them having five against two yeah. just inside the Orient half. So well done, JT, for taking one for the team there. A great way to stop a counter. Well worth it. And I'll have no complaints or hear any complaints about that. Yeah. They could have easily have bought that back. Absolutely. Two minutes of stoppage time are played. In the 46th minute, it really should have been 2 0. As Charlie Lee played a delightful through ball to McCauley Bond, it was through and goal just to keep it to beat from close range. He had time and space, but uncharacteristically, McCauley blazed the ball just over the bar. For me, a bit of a bad miss for Macca there. You would put his, your house on him, putting that into the back of the net. Like he was already celebrating a goal on his head. Um, I have to say, though, he did control that pass very well. So to get the positive out of it, great first touch to bring it under control. It could have been a game-changing moment if we don't end up winning the game. Yeah, superb first-time pass from Charlie Lee, actually. The ball came into him, I think, from Sam Ling, and he's literally just sort of spun on the turn and put that into Macca's path, and his touch was, was absolutely fantastic. But as you say, he should have buried that. I remember someone sat behind us saying he was celebrating, or someone said know. that he was celebrating the goal before he'd taken the shot so yeah but you'd expect nine times out of ten or 19 times out of 20 he would 
he would bury that. But I've got to say, Charlie Lee might not appear different. to do much, but he, of the chances we're going to speak about a few of the goals, he's putting some very clever passes yeah. in, in the build-up, which might go unnoticed. Uh, a lot of times, so well done uh, to Charlie Lee there. So the half time also I agree. goes. Yeah, there's a bit of indifference about him as well, about how good a game he did or didn't have as well. Which we well yeah. yeah, it was all right. Half time also goes shortly after that with the O's taking a 1 0 lead into the half time break. And Rob MCC68 tweeted us at Orient Outlook. He said, Well, Maidstone are there for the taking. However, some sloppy Orient play and abysmal officiating has kept them in it. We must improve and put this to bed in the second half. Yeah, Paul Skinner, 88, the same old refs every game. Yeah. Mac is missed criminal and John Stillsides is so dull to watch. Generally, though, an okay performance. So these, far. these referees are atrocious. I can't understand how, how they get away with doing what they do uh, it's really poor but anyway attendance was 5,488 with 449 um, Maidstone fans that meant that there was over 5,000 Leighton Orient fans in there by hook or, by hook or by crook so that's really good second half kicked off no subs for the O's yeah bad start though to the second half as we've just two minutes played Josh Caroma tries to go around Swain pulls up and has to come off and Matt Harold comes on for him and we wish Josh a speedy recovery and hope the news that comes out of the club is that it won't be too bad we have no idea how bad it is obviously uh, Nigel and Kemp mentioned it uh, before when we've spoken about it so hopefully that's not too bad yeah uh, 56 minutes on the clock so just shy of the hour mark McCauley Bond made it 2-0 as a Joby McEnough corner is headed across goal by Charlie Lee Bond controls and fires First time low into the net for his 19th league goal of the season. I mean, wow. That's more like the Macawino. Yeah. Gets the ball, control, bang, goal, done. Yeah. And at that point, you're thinking, game's done now. Yeah. Can't see Maidstone getting back Good into finish. It. Justin would have been <clears throat> delighted, would have said, get a goal in the first 15, kill it off, and then let's see where we go. Play so, our game. Yeah, absolutely. So, 60th minute, it was almost 3 0. There's a clever pass, clever pass, clever pass from Charlie Lee. Again, Charlie Lee putting those little classes in. Yeah. Gets to McCauley Bond. Who unselfishly, very unselfishly, passes to Matt Harold, who has a one-on-one. But Ross makes a good save with his feet, and the rebound smacks Harold and goes wide. But at this point, it's all Orient now. Just a case of how many goals we win by. I think Harold will be quite disappointed. He was, in his defence, he's probably a bit too close to the keeper and yeah. too central. Like there was no angle for him to put it at, so he's gone for power, and the keeper saved it. But I think Harold will be disappointed he didn't score there. Shame. Good opportunity for yeah. him to sort of give Justin food for thought. And um, 69 minutes on the clock, then Joe Widdison tried to let the ball go out but remain nipped in front of him and from close range uh, shot wide I mean that was probably not even worth shooting um, if you're going to do that you've got to at least put it for across the goal or on target and he's literally shot it about five foot wide of the post yeah a bit um, of a waste there the, the near post yeah terrible <laughs> effort and then in the 73rd minute James Brophy comes on for JMD for me I would have taken Joby off to knock in the first half not fully recovered I would think why not let JMD play the match out why not give Joby a rest but you know I think we've all heard Justin and his thoughts on Joby he absolutely loves him and I think if Joby starts and Joby finishes unless something bad happens I yeah. just think that's, that's the impact that Joby has on the team he's yeah. so important that if you've got a 70% fit on 80% fit Joby that Justin will play him yeah. and keep him on the pitch for as long as he can and as long we'll as Joby will come right. on to Blythe there's no way i there's no way Joby will play against Blythe. I'd be very surprised if he did. But, you know, if JMD's done well, we'll come on to JMD shortly. Yeah. I would have thought. Yeah, we will, I think. Uh, 77 minutes. Uh, a bit of a highlight for some people as a squirrel ran onto the pitch and provided a moment of uh, a light moment of entertainment as people filmed it. So it's on lots of social media channels. Um, 
yeah, seemed to do well though in the end, managed to clear himself off and get himself yeah. off the pitch. So credit to the we score. move on. Yeah. yeah, Adrian was in the building talking to Kent and Nigel. Um, he was offside though, so doing <laughs> <laughs> <Still> a Mooney. <laughs> Mooney. So eighty fifth minute, it's the third and final sub for the O's. Alex Lawless comes on for Charlie Lee, who appeared to be hobbling following a corner. So we hope Charlie is okay. And again, I wouldn't have thought that Charlie Lee would be starting next week's FA Trophy game. But you know, I have to say that. Where we've suffered five um, five serious injuries to you know Joe uh, Josh Coulson's gone down again you know Craig Clay and you know what what is actually happening that's causing these guys to break down or or, or to have injuries because they're not challenges from other people they're they're not self inflicted yeah. but they're they're off off the back of stuff that the players are doing so I can't quite understand why you know one or two injuries a season like serious ones you might where people are out for weeks and months. But I can't quite understand why we are suffering so badly from serious injury. Yeah. Like no other teams that I'm aware of are suffering as badly with injuries, or maybe I'm not that I'm don't not know, that aware. Don't but, know enough about them. So, what, what what's happening? Uh, it's probably a question that we could ask uh, Ross uh, yeah. when he next comes on. But definitely, it's, it just seems a bit bizarre. We had it last season. I can understand that because they didn't have a preseason. This season, they had a strong preseason. Maybe there was a bit of a blend. But anyway, yeah. four minutes of stoppage, time of played, and James Brophy is taken down in the box. And surprisingly to me, the referee actually pointed to the spot and awarded us a penalty rather than what I thought <laughs> he was going to do. Free kick for, free kick for diving. Yeah, good, point. good point. That's honestly what I thought was going to happen there. But upstep Macaulay Bond, who drove the ball low and hard into the net to make it 3-0, absolutely put the game to bed and wrapped the game up quite nicely, making that his 20th goal of the season and becomes the first Leighton Orient striker to score 20 goals in consecutive seasons since Tommy Johnson. Didn't Jay Simpson score two sets? Not consecutively. Right, OK, cool. It's a good penalty for me. Well done, Macca, on his 20th goal of the season. It was a good penalty. He's done it now for two seasons running, so... Bye-bye in the I summer. I think we better get ready for those bids to start coming in, but we will see. 10 so. mil, we've been told. <laughs> and ten, ten, 10 mil. And Mrs. Teague. And if you go back to last week's National League paper, his agent's name and contact <laughs> details are in that advert. I mean, that editorial. Brilliant. So the full-time whistle goes shortly after as it's back to winning ways for the O's as the South stand proudly sing, we're late in Orient, we're top of the league. So post-match yesterday, we couldn't be there, but Dave Victor was, and he spoke to Justin Edinburgh, who had this to say following the Maidstone game. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. Congratulations, an important win. Good win off a, a back of um, a really good week. We had a good week on the training ground. I think we, uh, you know, we need to rekindle that confidence within the group. Um, and the reaction that we that we all wanted and, and really we get to expect. So, yeah, no, a, a pleasing end to a, to a good week. Because although there were sides that are struggling, with John still back in charge, it was always going to be a tough one today, wasn't it? It was going to be difficult. We was unsure of how they'd come and play. Um, you always, any new manager going in is looking for a reaction from a group. I think he got that. There's no doubt about that uh, from what we'd seen previously. So, yeah, it was going to be a difficult encounter. And, um, you know, it was difficult for both teams, I think, to get a foothold early on in the game. But I think once we scored, it settled the nerves, settled the crowd, and, and, and we went on to win the game. I think, we, you know, we were worthy of that. 
psychologically a big goal for the side, but also for Jordan Maguire drew his first for the club. Yeah, uh, I think Macca said if he's getting that one, then he should get to having a Waterlooville one, but uh, that's for debate. But no, I th listen, I think what was positive about us today was we played off the front foot and uh, that typified in the first goal. You know, I think <laughs> of recent couple of weeks, we might have took a step back, we took a step forward, and, and if you do that more than not, you get your rewards. So is it 20 or 21 for Macaulay Bond? Uh, 21, I believe, but um, yeah, that's, that's for a debate another day, wasn't it? Yeah, but no, I think, listen, it's um, it, it settled our performance down. I, I think we were starting to get a foothold in the game and we were looking like our old self and I was that was pleased me more. I think, listen, there's big big pluses today. We had a captain back who, you know, he's, he assures the group and, and there's nothing, you, you, you know, you can't replace that. And I think the, the energy and, a, and a, uh, the force of Craig Clay was a, was a big boost for us today as well. But it was a win that came at a cost. Uh, Josh Cromer has been outstanding this season. What's the news on his injury? Um, well, it's a hamstring injury. We're not sure of the extent of that. We'll know that over the next couple of days. But, um, you know, if I, you're asking me on the spot, I reckon, you know, we'll probably be missing him for a couple of weeks. That That's going to be the, the best we could hope for, I guess. There was no Dale Gorman on the bench. Is that an injury? No, no, no. There was no James Alabi. There's no Dale Gorman. Um... So they, they miss out. It's just, um, you know, I, I thought that Alex done well last week in, in what wasn't uh, the, the right result we wanted. And, and I think to have left him out of the group altogether would have been totally unfair. So that, 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 that would be the reason. So the squad is being tested. News on any new signings? No, no news. Um, you know, we'll have to assess that now. That, that's something I said to you last week that... Um, you know, we had to bring reinforcements in, in 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 Jamie Turley. I thought it was excellent at the back today with Dan Appy. I think worth the clean sheet. So you know that 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 comes at a cost because we have to find extra revenue for that. So we, you know, listen, we I'm sure we'll be backed if we need. If Josh is going to be a long-term one, then we'll may have to look at that and, and try and bring resources in. Days of social media. There was uh, pictures of Jay Simpson enjoying the match. I'm sure. Yeah, listen, nothing's changed. Jay's been with us. Um, he knows where we are. You know, he's been training well with us. Yeah, listen, I think people can turn to and come up with as many as they want. That's, we just, like I said to you earlier, that we've allowed him to use the facility to keep yourself ticking over. You've been in the game a long time. Have you ever known a match stop because of a squirrel? I thought it was James Brophy at one stage, but no. <laughs> um, not a squirrel. I've seen others, cats and birds and foxes, but not a squirrel. Why would you stop a game for a squirrel? I suppose um, health and safety to the squirrel, I guess. No. <laughs> I suppose that, that probably wouldn't go down well when the uh, people who observe nature and things would probably think you're being a bit wicked and cruel. Why, would you, why wouldn't you stop it for a squirrel? Well, they lost, if he they... took out Dan Appy or something and he fell over <laughs> and they scored, I don't know. There were some very strange decisions, though. <laughs> oh, is that what you were trying to get to? <laughs> I was uh, trying to get to that. Well, I actually thought they'd replace the ref with a squirrel. That's what I was hoping. <laughs> I, listen, I think... It's, it's like, you know, we laugh and, you know, we can look at it, but uh, I've got to say, I, I, was, I was bemused with some of the decisions today, absolutely bemused, um, but, you know, um, hopefully, you know, it's his first season in this league and he can learn from that, but I think if, if he's honest with himself, he can, he can learn a lot from his performance today. 
Of course, top of the table, and there's uh, focus now on the FA Trophy, Blythe Sparsand. Again, you're approaching that one as a game you want to win? Without a doubt. I think everyone knows since I've been here. I, I think it's a competition that we truly feel that we can get to, to as close to win it, um, and, and that will reflect in the, the side that I put out next week. There's no doubt about that. It's... Uh, it's a home game. It's a game that we feel we can win. We're obviously going to be up against an opposition that are coming here to, to, to prove themselves and coming from a lower level. But I know, listen, it will be a, a, a team that I feel that can win the game. Over 5,000 at uh, the Mat uh, Brisbane Road. Very good group stadium. Oh, you're getting it wrong. Yeah, you're having a bad day. Um, no, excellent support. And, um, you know, I think they, they stayed calm and they stayed behind us. And, um, yeah, another, another victory and uh, send them, everyone home happy again. Finally... Can I ask about George Ellacobi? I don't want to ask about the incident, but uh, I know he's on the transfer list. Is he still training? No. No, he's not training. Thank you, Justin. No worries. So a very abrupt yeah. answer to uh, today's question about George Ellacobi. So it seems that George will uh, not be welcome at the football ground, uh, training ground or, or anywhere else that's late and all it related. So... Um, I guess from us, thank you very much for everything that you've done, George, um, and, and all the best for the future. Um, yeah, so league table then, so that, that win for us, uh, coupled with Solihull's uh, shock home loss to Fylde, Salford's away draw with Halifax and Wrexham's home win against Maidenhead mean that we are still top of the National League, but we've now um, created a three-point advantage as we've now played 31, won 17, draw 9, Lost five. We've got accumulated 60 points with a goal difference of positive 30. Oh, it's a five better goal difference than second place Salford. Yeah, George Sessions tweeted saying this win ensures late night will be first in the National League for another two weeks at least when they play Hartlepool on the 9th of February. will almost be three months in top spot. So I think Nigel, I can't mention it, but Wrexham uh, are the only team, no, actually it wasn't them, it was someone I sort of did before, Wrexham are the only team who are playing in the National League who are near the top next week and they can't go top even if they win by playing a game more. So we will definitely be top when we kick off uh, away to Hartlepool. Very good. Two weeks, so almost three months. So a great spot there from our friend George. So your views on yesterday? Yeah, so for me, just the result we needed. I don't think there's any dispute in that. Despite having a new manager, Maidstone didn't get the bounce that they were hoping for. Having started the first half, I thought quite strongly. Uh, delighted that our sponsored player, JMD's effort, was turned in to give us a boost, but Bond should have put his effort away at the end of the second half. The second half wasn't a bad half at all, uh, compared, certainly compared to the first half. We looked stronger and better, more like the team that we'd watch in the first half of the season, and it's clear that Joby and Craig do make a huge difference to the balance of the team. I think from that result, we've sent a big message to the rest mm. of the league today, and results elsewhere were favourable to, and finally, like to wish Josh Caroma a very speedy recovery. Like it for me. Got going after a very slow start, I thought. And uh, once we got the first goal, it was never in doubt. Mm -hmm. Well done, JMD, for his first Orient goal. But I'm sure it's going down as an own goal. He'll be a very lucky young sure. man if he gets that goal. Fair <coughs> play to Bond. You know, he puts the poor miss behind him. He's not been the best of form the last couple of weeks, but still nabs a double. Gets 20 goals this season, proving that last season was no fluke. So I'm chuffed for Bond to, to get that. thought we defended really well. thought really good. Happy and Turley were excellent. I thought Turley, first time I've seen him. Was really good, always communicating, very solid, good solid. first touch. Good shout, yeah. Bit of a handful when he goes up as well, bit of a goal threat for us as well. Well, Oson was fantastic. Clay, what a difference Clay played in the last six months. I thought Clay was absolutely fantastic. Josh looked dangerous up to his injury. Mm -hmm. 
you know, my only question would be, I think I mentioned it, surely we must be managing Joby McEnough better. I don't know why we didn't sub him, but we won 3-0, so I can't really sit here and criticise any any of uh, Justin's decisions. But in just we trust, top of the league, can't ask for much more. We can't. And Happy like days. you mentioned before we started recording, that we're still in two cups, so there's... The treble's on. <clears throat> yeah, so you can't ask for more than that. You're in, the, you're in the next round of two cups, you're at the top of the league and have been for nearly three months, as George said earlier. Like, how much better could it be? It can't. JMD97 uh, underscore said, great reaction from the boys, buzzing to score my first goal for Leighton Orient FC uh, with a winky emoji. Uh, the fans were brilliant as usual. Dave Travis underscore LOFC says, a great result today. Back to winning ways. Also good to see the board all together for a game for the first time. That's quite a nice touch there. Clearly a good omen. Well played. Good performance today. And Dave, we look forward to getting you on the podcast very shortly. As Nigel said, he's scheduled to be here tonight, but... Had to pull out due to work commitment. Dave, you're not getting out of it that easily. We yeah. know where you live, and you're not. You don't live in the states, mate. So you're coming on. Yeah, we'll come and get you. Uh, <laughs> at Matt Porter underscore LOFC said really important win, and with a strong performance too today. Once we settled, it was never in doubt. Nice to get the points too, as it was the first time we've all been at a match together as a board plus Danny and Martin. Yeah, Jamie Turley five says felt so good to get my full O's debut today. Most important thing was the three points, a clean sheet. And possibly a little assist, yeah. I mean, JMD ain't getting that goal, but you, you're probably going to be all right with that assist. I can't see that getting taken I can't see that, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so those were our views and a couple of tweets from some of the uh, team at the club. But a huge amount of feedback, as always, uh, came into our social media accounts. So thanks to everybody who took the time to, to message us in some way. And again, we do try and read out as many as possible, but just because we read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. So first we had Matty LOFC Evans, who said a big statement after that weekend. Uh, three big goals and a clean sheet. With Joby in the team, we are a different club. JMD is looking a decent signing. Salford draw and Solihull lose, meaning we extend the gap again. Build on this next week. Yeah, like that. At Magic underscore John says Turley is a great addition. We clearly command a starting place. Maybe at right back with a full squad marshalled in the defence today. Great to see Clay back to what seemed his best. Bond hopefully gets some confidence back. And if Kramer is out for long, then the board have to shape up on an addition. So obviously we've covered that with Nigel and Ken at the beginning. Something we didn't mention though is that because we are a National League team, we aren't defined by the transfer deadline day. So it's not when you're watching Sky Sports on Monday or Tuesday or whenever it is this year on Wednesday and Jim White is wearing that yellow tie and it's over at 11pm. It doesn't stop for late on. If you remember rightly, Sam Lane came to the club in February. We can still buy players from and National we League teams and we paid a fee. It's only clubs from the Premiership who we can't take players off and we can loan from the Football League. So it's until not... March, until until the end March. Until March. So it's not yeah. all panic station so there is time it may not appear so but we have plenty of time to make additions there's going to be a few tweets that are pretty similar to that and obviously everyone at the moment we're all get someone in get someone in we need someone in we get get someone in but at the moment you know, Steve and Martin will have their shortlists and we'll work, they'll, they'll yeah. do what they need to do. Richard J. Bourne, though, said confidence building scoreline, which was needed. Coroma is a big loss. Time for Jay Simpson, yeah. question mark. So Jay Who Simpson, was at the game yesterday? Obviously, at the game. Good for the <coughs> podcast. If it happens, it happens. I guess we'll be great. Like everyone else for that one. Yeah. Alan Reeves, too, says Jay Simpson is at the ground. Well, it's in a free and a win and a striker goes off injured. Surely he has to sign, doesn't he? Great. The other results went our way. First time we've taken advantage. I will say Jay is very, very friendly with Joby McEnough. Best mates. Best mates. So obviously that's the connection to why he, obviously yeah. he was at But also, Jay would say, well actually you're winning 3-0, what do you need me for? Yeah, absolutely. 
So, anyway, uh, David Barrett 6 said, Clay was immense today. What a difference he makes to the team. I can't believe I used to call him Feet of Clay. Sorry, Craig. The ref was unbelievably bad and the linesman didn't know uh, how to apply the offside rule. I know Turley wasn't up against much today, but he played like he had been in, in this defence all season. Impressive. Yeah, good point. Good, good point about him going at right back, potentially, in the future if he needs to be. I remember Scott Cuthbert, he's centre back. Going right back for a season. Quite a few games. Playing amazingly. Yeah. At Jay Bennett, underscore 1993. Says Turley, different class at the back, and Clay was the magic man in midfield. Gary Talbot 7 said, could be the turning point we need. Salford are very inconsistent, and it's back on our in our own hands. And the goal difference could be vital come Braintree. LFC 1970, yes, it's a good win, but should be expected against this type of opposition if we want promotion. Coroma injury is massive and could be crucial if long-term. The ref was abysmal. Worse than normal, and good to see Bond scoring again. Not convinced that JMD is any better than we have. Still top, though. I think that's a bit harsh on JMD. I thought we'd done all right yesterday. Obviously, still finding his feet. It's only, what, his fourth game in an orange shirt? Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Not bad. He might not, he not, might not be. You know, yeah. when Dayton comes back and you've got Joby, is he better than those two? Yeah. That's that's the comparison. Well, obviously, they want him to push Dayton, don't they? Yeah. Two for every position. Don't and Joby as well, you know, as well as he looks after himself, he's still 37, so... Yeah. You know, um, but it's options. Daniel underscore D44 said, good solid performance after yet another slow start. Turley, Happy and Wooderson were superb at the back. Uh, I actually agree with that because we were talking about Hero of the Week, weren't we? And we said we picked yeah. out them three. Um, Clay was immense and showed how much we missed him while he was out. Harold looked good too. Hope Coroma is not out for too long and let's hope this is the start of a good run. Yeah, agree with that one. MCA Ziggy says, Clay and McEnough are pivotal for the team. Turley looked assured and will cause just in the selection headache when Coulson... And Marvin, fit again. Good tweet there. Yeah. Very Clay good and point. Absolutely pivotal running and driving that midfield forward. O's fan Basin said, solid performance. Very good at the back after the first 10 minutes. Turley was excellent. Turley is an excellent signing and Clay the driving force. Has to be said, the refs in this league have no bloody clue. Yeah, we'd have to agree with that one. I am underscore emo. Says, thought Happy and Turley were great. Made so looked every inch and bottom of the league team. The ref was awful. Good to get a clean sheet and three points. Went on to finish by saying, crisis, what crisis? Yeah, Orient Fan TV said, good to get back to winning ways. Three goals to boost the goal difference, clean sheet and clear at the top by three points. The only downside was Karoma getting injured. Great to have Joby back out there today. Think his experience could be huge towards the end of the season. And the officials were poor today, yeah. as usual. Vin Towers is a good result. <clears throat> Turley looks a good buy. Hopefully Karoma's injury not too bad as he did come back out to the bench. As for the ref... Good job, he had a quiet second half. Taser Jr. said, Clay was brilliant and no surprise we win with McEnough back in the team. The teams are quickly picking up on uh, Ling being the weak link in the team and are targeting him. Unfortunately, he offers nothing going forward as well. Easy three points in the end and still in our hands. Yeah, good point about Ling. I don't know if we're massively <coughs> underappreciating <coughs> him, but we kept a clean sheet and we're all mentioning Widowson, Turley, Happy. Not one is saying well done to Ling as well. So, you know, bit of a tough time for Ling. Bit of pressure with Judd back yeah. available for selection. <clears throat> Rayleigh Davis is great win. Oddly enough, played better when Karoma went off as Bond played further forward and we looked for different options. Again, that's a very good point. Turley was a huge positive. Ling still concerns me. Needs to find a yard of pace and strength in the tackle. Hope Karoma is back soon. Yeah, Ian Mane Rennie John said Turley is basically a Coulson Elakobi hybrid, which is not a bad thing. Charlie Lee was fantastic, Ling was decent, Widdison was very good, standard, and good to see Macca get two, although I still think we need another forward. Yeah, like we said, don't panic if we haven't signed one by transfer deadline day. There's still 
a long way to go in the season. Orient Ballbag says, what was very noticeable today was the atmosphere was poor. We need to play our part and sing loud and proud. We are top of the league, not at the bottom. Hats off to the Maidstone fans who sung their hearts out. So we mentioned it felt a bit flat at the beginning. I think Nigel and Kent mentioned it um, towards the end of their interview with us. We could it's all more. about us doing more. And I don't yeah. know why it's at points it's so quiet. I mean, yeah. South Sound's normally rocking. It took a a long while for it to rock yesterday. I mean, it did eventually, but you could argue it didn't until we're two 0 three up at that point. What's the how, point? How yeah. can we not be singing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Leighton underscore Ears said Clay Lee partnership makes us look a totally different team. Turley looks like he could be an excellent signing. Yeah, good point. Pandemonium eighteen eighty one says apart from the the first fifteen minutes. We controlled the game in almost every department. And the third without being spectacular. Opposition there to be beaten, but solid, consistent victories with clean sheets such as this are so valuable, especially after losing last weekend. Yeah, Dennis Orient said, a scrappy but professional win against a very poor side. Our class showed, though, after a slow start and a 3-0 was a fair result. Happy and Turley looked a decent partnership and Clay's energy made a difference in midfield. The ref was a joke, but a vitally important win. Yeah, Chris Cow too, didn't agree with what Dennis said. As he replied, don't agree, it was a scrappy game after the first 15-20. I thought once we settled down, it was a thoroughly professional performance. We could and should have scored five or six in Dean didn't have a meaningful shot to save. I mean, apart from that first attempt from Maidstone in the 18th minute, which is a basic catch for Dean. I don't think we even mentioned Dean Maidstone attack. No. Nope. S Macca, S, sorry, SMCCA8421 said, Happy comes in and performs with ease whenever called upon. That's not easy to do. A good example being that horror show from Ella Kobe last week. Happy is a superb young player and we are lucky to have him. Good point at Dave M1812 says, not the best display, but we got better as the game went on. To be fair, don't think Bill had a shot to save and we should have had a couple more. Karoma's injuries are worry. Totally unhappy, he looks solid and the express back on track, question mark. Yeah, TCW0102 said, really good win, possibly the second most important this season. Our rivals faltered. The most important win, question mark, the next one in the league. We need to be relentless and open up a six or nine point gap. Easier said than done. Uh, we are into the last third. Who will blink first? Not the O's. I hope so. It goes. Nine three one is a great performance. Tell you that quality results have gone our way. A great day and a deserved win. And Ian Richardson, Ian K. Richardson, sorry, said fifteen cup finals coming up. We can do this. It's a good, good, good way of putting it, actually. Only fifteen games. <coughs> you got to three points ahead. <coughs> a positive goal difference. And you could say you only need to win fourteen. If you're looking at it from a goal difference perspective, yeah. If we want to say that, Steve Cab, one two one tweeted us this morning and said we start like a team loan confidence and under pressure. Once we got the ball down on the floor and played the played, the belief came flooding back. Turley, Clay, and Bond all impressed, but a special mention for not just my man in the match, the player of the season, Joe Widowson. Going to be up there, isn't he? That star man dinner it ain't going to be very straightforward this year. Other seasons you could say right. McCauley's going to win it here. Josh is going to win it there. This season, player of the season could be anyone. It'd be out, one of Craig Clay, Joe Widdison, both um, uh, Bon, Marv, Josh, Joe, McCauley, there's, there's Josh, Joby, and Craig Clay. Tight. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really tight. No idea. Yeah, that is a very tight one to call. Uh, at Barry Twin tweeted saying Equiteta two to three weeks away, Dayton three to four weeks away. Coulson three to four weeks away and hopefully Josh Caroma is only two or three uh, weeks away. Full squad hopefully back ready for the final 13 games of the season. 
the championship is ours. Hashtag champions elect. And I hope that hasn't just put the bock on, on, on it. I hope I haven't just read out the tweet that destroys it. Final yeah. word in PM 31970. It's just good to get back to winning ways. Proved how much we missed McEnough and Clay when they are out. Turley was excellent and Harold put in a good shift. Hopefully, Karoma isn't out for too long. Yeah, so thanks to everybody whose tweet uh, we've read out and those, sadly, who we weren't able to read out, uh, we apologise. Uh, we could probably do a whole podcast just on social media. Good. But do you agree or disagree with anything that we've read out? Do let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook or you can send us an email uh, orientoutlook at outlook.com and you can also message us, message us if you're preferred uh, platform is Instagram it's Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast or you can uh, message us on Facebook just search Orient Outlook podcast so there's lots of ways that you can get in touch with us but we're yeah. going to move on now so the prediction league yeah so well done to at London Gary W at Ian Manet Renee and John at Gary Hammond Perk at Big TB47 at Pools of Doman and at Paul WE underscore UK who predicted 3-0 and one scorer, so got four points, but a double well done to at Jason Spurs, at Barry Twin, at Leon Aresti, at Essex Biz, at Jeff Cole 18, at Connie Jeffrey 67, at James RF Young, and at CM Oriental, who all <coughs> predicted 3 0 and two scorers, so get five points, meaning that Barry Twin climbs back <coughs> to the top of the table on 28 points. Mark Shepherd underscore 79 drops to second on 26 points. Pills the dough man on 25 points and at 24 points, Ian Manet, Renee and John. Mr. You, Levy, what, you is saw, in the, what is in the water this you evening? You sort your voice out. So thanks to everybody for your, for your predictions. We're going to move on then. So that was uh, Saturday, quite an epic day. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move on to today, Sunday, the 27th of January. Jamie Turley was named in the non-league papers team of the day following his performance yesterday so well done uh, to Jamie yeah, um, yeah. and also uh, the National League uh, the, uh, this evening have put out uh, their uh, team of the week and congratulations to uh, our sponsor player JMD97 Jordan Maguire Drew and also Jamie Turley Jamie Turley 5 for being selected as part of their team of the weekend as well so well done chaps and the ladies yeah. team were in action and lost 4-1 away to league leaders Crawley Wasps in the FA Women's National League South East Division 1. Uh, Kimina Reba gave the Wasps a 51st minute lead before Lisa Holmbeck equalised for the O's just after the hour. But three goals in the last six minutes from Rachel Palmer, Naomi Cole and Jenny Drury secured all three points for the Wasps. So unlucky there to the ladies and again a massive thank you to Sam for his match report again over so quickly after the match finished today absolutely uh, so let's wrap this week up then fantasy football uh, there's been no change there because it isn't played uh, this weekend but so James uh, Petrell leads the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league he's on a whopping 1421 points that's just 7 points ahead of Sam Massingham who's in 2nd Steve you're in 37th place on 1276 and I'm 7 points behind you and 6 places in 43rd on 1269 points out of uh, sorry 43rd place I am out of 195 players I'm very proud of that actually so far and I think there's more to come from me it's going to be very dramatic in audio yeah. podcast towers towards the end of the season dream team then it's which does include FA Cup games Updated. this is the strange thing if you didn't realise it includes uh, Champions Everything. League FA League yeah, Cup any game basically any League game, Cup yeah. yeah so Jay Lillington and our Rock and Back are tied in first place wow. on one four two six points. They are leading by a mile. There's like third is they must be cheating someone. They must know someone at Dream Team. I keep dropping. I'm in twenty second place, and Paul is in thirty fourth place out of one hundred and twelve players. That one looks like it might go down to the wire. So very respectable all to play positions. for, gents. 
all Very respectful. So positives and negatives uh, this week in the change I'll do uh, positives. Let's do it, mate. Yeah, top Let's of the league, it. still top of the league. So that's uh, where we want to be. We're 20 league goals now from Macaulay Bond. So uh, that's uh, uh, fantastic as well. And another clean sheet for the defence. So three strong, solid positives there. Yeah, only two negatives uh, for yesterday. First of all, being Josh Caroma's injury, yeah. which is uh, hopefully not too bad. We wait to hear on that one. I'm sure that'll be something out very soon. What we haven't discussed is if he's going to be out for a couple of weeks even, who comes in? Alibi or Harold? Or maybe a new signing if we get a new signing. Yeah. Don't know. I mean, to be fair, it's, it's a good point in the season to have this injury crop up. We've got a cup game next week where Harold and Alibi would have probably started anyway. You could yeah, you'd respond and so you'd go right. Yeah. So you don't have to rush react. So like we plan on Tuesday and we want someone in for Tuesday. He's got two weeks really into the next league game um, to think about it. So it's a very yeah, good point. Good point. Does it Harold? Is it Alibi or is there someone waiting to come in on the wings? We you know know we're talking to Kent. So Ruel, young yeah. lad, maybe yeah. If he offers something a bit different. I know particularly Kent and I. You know Steve Foster has lists of contingency players who they look at. So I guess we'll see what happens. So yeah. That is a negative. Second negative is the atmosphere in the ground yesterday. Flat out points. I guess there's a third negative we haven't listed. You could say George Ellie Kobe, you know, even though it's done yeah. earlier in a week, still a negative that we yeah. lose a player of his ilk. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that. So here are the week then. So we couldn't decide between us, so uh, we put it out to uh, fellow Orient fans. Um, so there was a vote on on our social media on Twitter account, and we nominated the following four players uh, this week: Craig Clay, Dan Happy, Jamie Turley, and Joe Widdison, With a special mention to the squirrel, who on another day may have got a nomination if there weren't four stronger candidates. Had we lost, it just would have been the squirrel. I'm it would have just yeah, to him. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. However, so, it's nice to have four players again vying for the uh, uh, the title of hero of the week. We had 308 votes in 24 hours and the results were as follows. In fourth place, with only 10%, was Dan Happy. I thought he would have got more, mm. but unlucky to Dan. In third place, and only 16%, Joe Widowson. I thought Joe would have got more. Second place, who I thought would have won it. Joe was solid, but not spectacular. But that's what Joe does. But Dan was solid, but not spectacular. I thought so that's No, 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 no. They were all good, but they're not spectacular. I don't know. I mean, you, you know could, what I mean? Could, like oh, they're solid yeah. and good and great. Don't get me wrong. In their own right, I'm not knocking them in any way, shape, or form. But when you're looking for something to differentiate, you're looking for, you're looking for a bit of spectacular. Aren't Jamie you? Turley was second, thirty. Thought he would have won it personally, so given, given what he contributed. Yeah, agree. But the winner with forty-three percent of the vote, so out by by a bit of a stretch. So well done, yeah. Super Craig Clay. Well done, Craig. No longer feet of clay. It's just super Cray clay. Yeah. Yeah. So well done to Cray clay, and thank you for all of your votes. Moving on into next week's fixture. So just the one fixture for the O's this week, and a break from National League action as it's the third round of the FA Trophies. We welcome Blythe Spartans to the Brea Group Stadium in the McFadden Derby as we look to progress <laughs> into the quarter finals of the competition. So Blythe are in tenth in the National League North after a three-two home loss to Hereford on Saturday. So this one, if you are listening internationally, can be streamed again for six ninety nine English pounds. So if you're watching abroad or you're on a holiday in another country and you want to watch the O's, you can do it this Saturday, Blythe Spartans. Uh, I'm sure instructions will come out over the club's um, social media channels, but one to watch and hopefully we win that, progress into the quarter finals. So if you're going and you see us there, come over, 
say hello to my mum and give us an oi oi as it seems to be happening now every week and it's always fun to hear other people yeah. shout oi oi back at you yeah <laughs> so Blythe are 10th in the National League North uh, with a 3-2 home loss against Hereford uh, on Saturday blimey Hereford have dropped uh, uh, to the bottom haven't they Luckily really? to have a cover um, yeah additionally it's back to London Senior Cup this week as we face Welling United away this Tuesday the 29th of January with the aim of keeping the treble very much uh, alive so if you're going have a safe journey and don't forget to tweet us on the way to the match during and or after the match uh, as well uh, I can't imagine that we're going to be taking thousands there but there will be obviously the hardcore you, yeah. element of 100 150 that will go so please tweet us pictures of yourself at the ground your pals whatever um, it's just good to keep things alive and going there so that is it thank you very much indeed for joining us for this super episode that's uh, currently two hours and seven minutes uh, so it's a quiet week uh, at the O's apart from the news that we won't be seeing George Ellicobi in an Orient shirt again after he was placed on the transfer list after actions that didn't meet club standards but on the pitch it was back to business as the O's put in a shift with a 3-0 home win over Maidstone to remain top of the National League as our promotion chasing rivals drop points with just 15 games remaining as we move into the last third of the season with all to play for the only real negative being the injury to Josh Caroma who we all have our fingers crossed for here at Orient Outlook Podcast Towel. So we're going to be back with episode 170 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give the podcast a review. Come on, still only 43 reviews on iTunes. There's a lot more listeners going through iTunes than 43. So get to the end of the episode, go on to the podcast, give us five stars and write a nice review. It'd be very much please. appreciated. <laughs> if you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and stitch your us to your favourites. And that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. Also, we're now on Spotify, so if you've got Spotify, it's a very easy to listen to the podcast. You can listen offline, you can follow us on Spotify as well, you can listen to us on Google, Alexa, the Amazon Echo, all of these devices. It has never been oh. an easier time to listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. What Dave Toms told me about one, there's another podcast, there's a podcast app on Android. You Literally, if you're on Android, I know we keep banging on about iTunes, but if you are on Android, Samsung or any other device other than an Apple device, there will be, in the Google Play Store, there will be podcast it. apps. You just have to search podcast. The apps will come up. Just download the, the app, and through the app, you then search Orient Outlook Podcast. Yeah, it's we, as simple as that. I, can't, I haven't got an Android, so I can't tell you, but if you listen on Android, tweet <laughs> us, let us know what app you listen to us on, and we can then yeah. pass the pod on to other people. I was going to say, pass the pod. Don't forget, oh, any Orient fans that you know, anyone who likes to listen to podcasts, anyone who's got an interest in the club, pass the pod. Be very much appreciated. And there's still a few mugs left, so get them while they can still be purchased. Yes, the run will not be taking place this is it the print has gone once they're sold out they're sold out we're not not BSing once they're gone they're gone there won't be a, another 50 that appears all done so again a massive thank you to Nigel Travis and Tanty for giving up their Sunday evening we hope you've enjoyed it we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's